With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Andrew Velez and I'm here with River Brown, Joel Dells, and John Tortorelli. On this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast, we will be discussing the Lakers' recent resurgence, potential first-round matchups in the Eastern Conference, reacting to the Clippers and Kings' historic game, and reading some fan tweets, and we'll talk a little NFL at the end of the show, but only briefly. We're going to talk about Jalen Ramsey and his apparent trade from the leaving the Rams. Boys, first and foremost, how are we doing today? Still great. Starting only 20 minutes late. You know what? But Tom. this is this is extremely Cat, early hour for and 30. Us. We no, should be no. here at 12. No, we we're supposed, we're supposed to be, to be here, at here at 12. Start at 1. Start at 1. Uh, we got here at 12.48. One. When you guys said start at 1, I assumed that meant start at 1.30. <laughs> Riv made it very clear we're going to get here at 12 and start I did, at no, 1. The, the message Is was that what ex- you guys meant? The message was extremely yeah. Get here at 12, start by 1, finish by 4. Dell is locked Finish by loaded. 4 is still a, a possibility. Oh, yeah. I think it, sure. it, it probably is going to be the shortest show we may have ever had in Pick Aside history. <laughs> Um, we're trying to make up for the four-hour show that we recorded last time. Yeah, that was hell. If you guys haven't noticed, Joel Moran is not here for a third episode, but this is going to be the final episode that you guys are not going to see confirmed? Joel Moran. I'm, I'm like 99% sure. Okay. I remember him telling me three episodes. He'll be back that Monday, was it. right? Whenever, I think he's supposed to be back tomorrow, correct. But the, I don't know if we're going to record tomorrow, obviously. Yeah, no, no, it's no. looking like a Tuesday or Wednesday podcast. I no, we are not probably am not going tomorrow. to be here for the next episode because I'm going in. to be studying for my NCLEX. It's my certification for my nursing license. Time. So I got to lock in. Uh, definitely more stressed than nervous. Because <laughs> nervous means that I don't think that I'm going to do well. More more anxious for the fact that it's just obviously a how big do you, deal. How do you study? So I've been doing a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. It's like every single day I try to bang out at least 100 questions. 100 what? 100 questions. Every nursing. Day. Yeah. You're nuts. I try to. Yeah. Okay. It, it varies. It's like from 50 to 100. I'm, if I'm going to not BS you. Fucking insane. Yeah. But uh, I've been doing it for like the last month. Test is on Friday. I'm just grateful that I don't have to stress about this test anymore. But yes. So I will be leaving, but at least you get Joel Moran back we in get, this chair. Get John. Yeah, we get back. John. And John here. be here for another episode. And the that. fans will love that. Do they? I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. Nah, sure the fans do. do love that. Yeah, we get to keep sure. Johnski. For sure. So, first, before we talk about my Lake Show, of course, and you know that I'm dying to talk about that, we're going to talk about some Boom Fantasy selections. Sir. Now, Riv, talk to me about your Boom Fantasy pick. Oh, man. Because it's a lock. <laughs> it's a lock. I feel like, I feel like I'm, am I on the win? I think I'm on the win streak. Am I not? Well, uh, we kind of stopped it once Joel went on break. We had the All-Star break. That's okay. I feel like I was yeah. coming off a W. I feel like I was coming off Maybe. a W. But um, I took LeBron over seven point five rebounds. That's he's hit, he hit that mark, I think eight times on his last ten. And LeBron's a rebounding machine. I mean, they play in Dallas. Dallas doesn't have no real big men down low. Christian Wood. Uh, Dallas doesn't have no real big men down low. LeBron's gonna be able to impose his will down low, get a lot of rebounds. So I'm gonna go with LeBron the over today. John, did you end up? 
I have not looked at it yet. That's all right. You know what? Take your time. Because, of course, I'm going to talk about my guy, Zach Levine. 24 and a half against the Washington Wizards. He's been playing. Well, well, Zach Levine is my guy. Riv is a Bulls fan. He'll tell you Zach Levine is Drew's guy. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Riv. Last time they played Washington, he put up a 38-burger. And he's just been on a heater recently. If we're not looking at that that Milwaukee game, which I'm not, we're talking about arguably the best team in the NBA in the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh yeah, Mike Curry is back in the league. <laughs> what happened? Mike Curry is back in the league. Really? Yeah, he went to the team that can't shoot. It's the Orlando Magic. That'd be. Oh, they always loved him. Steve yeah. Clifford's big fan. They of picked that. up another yeah. guy that cannot shoot the ball. Yeah. Okay. Just... So I'm going with Zach Levine because Zach Levine is just one of the better scores in the league when he's catching fire Zach Levine's gonna hit that mark 24 and a half is not that bad so I'm definitely going with Levine did you end up cooking something up I am so I'm rocking with Nick Claxton 22 and a half plus or it's 22 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists okay sneaky good playmaker he'll get seven or eight rebounds I think he'll go 15 points against the Hawks yeah the Hawks do right. well one thing Clint Capella obviously yeah facts they did I man, that defense is so weird to to analyze the Hawks specifically. It's because yeah. obviously you have Trey Young, poopy poopy defender. But you said it the last show. They're starting five. They're a great defensive unit. Weirdly, even with Trey Young on the court. They're so I don't mind. But but I like that for the fact that obviously Claxton, the Nets need to find a way to score points. Claxton's obviously going to be on the on the court trying to get his rebounds. The one thing I don't know about is his assist. Do you know what his assist been recently? If you could just look it's that about up. about like two on average. Okay. Um, but, you know, Capella's playing, Collins isn't. With Claxton pushing Fair. the tempo and transition, I think we'll get good enough for runouts and stuff like that. That's he actually fair. hasn't been scoring well enough recently, but I think we'll get back on track. Claxton, you're, you're higher yeah. than Nets role players. Mm. Just keeping it real. It was a rough night for them against the Bulls. We whipped their ass. Yeah, lost by. We showed you guys what we're capable of. Hey, I'm, I've not and, been sleeping on the Bulls. We, have we, I been disrespectful we, to we you? Still what, what are you capable of? What are you, <laughs> have I been disrespectful to the Bulls? Bulls all I couldn't even. No, take you're that more shirt. rude to the Bulls than anyone else. No, we. Bro, it's the Pat Bev effect. We showed you guys we're capable of winning championships. Talk to her about mic'd up for that game. It's pretty lit. It's like, go I.O., go I.O. Yeah. He was Coruscant. They had him mic'd up. No way. We whipped their ass. So, no, we had to show you guys that the Bridges hype needs to cut down, that the Claxton hype needs to cut down. We're like, Yo, is Herbo the Drake of the Chicago Bulls? He's not there as much as Drake Go I.O., yo, that's funny as hell. That's a good-ass idea from their, like, marketing team or whatever, like, just mic up whoever is on the sideline. We got a $5 donation from Adrian Shake asking, why do NBA fans plus media never criticize ownership? The Ryan stores don't want to go into the tax to compete, but don't want to tank so they can get better ticket sales. Get them out, please. What do you think as a Bulls fan? How bad is ownership? Uh, I don't know why you, uh, he was quick to... <laughs> no, we're talking about the Bulls. I understand no, yeah, the reason. He was, he, he the was, he was itching the, the, the They don't question. deserve a, a main segment on the show, so... Uh, <laughs> no, oh it's, 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 it's interesting. We're going to ring check you later about your teams. Um, <laughs> Which but, ones? <laughs> all, all, all combined? <laughs> um, I, I agree, though. I think, like, ownership has definitely been... Like, they haven't made good decisions, especially... It started with giving Billy an extension, which was really random and weird, and then telling us about it, like, months later. But yeah, ownerships definitely should get blamed. They don't, obviously. They usually it go, usually goes to the coaches and then the players. But if you look at it across the league, a lot of ownerships haven't like like you look at Balmer, he'll spend whatever, right? You look at Myers, he'll spend whatever, right? Like it's it, there's GMs that do their job. Other GMs like the Bulls GM just is too cheap, even though they sell out damn near every single game. So ownership does get they deserve responsibility, but they're never gonna get it. That shit that shit is if, a wash. If fans are in the seats. 
you can never criticize the fans like you can never really criticize ownership like that. Yes, it's unfortunate that the Bulls have not been in a position to really compete in some time, but also you have to understand unfortunate events did occur. Derrick Rose was supposed to be the franchise for years to come. And I don't even think that's the ownership's fault. It's not. That's the GM. It's not. That the GM builds the team. The ownership is just responsible for putting making people those in the decisions. Seats. Yeah. Correct. But that too, making the decisions of who's going to be making the calls that who is going to be on the our GM squad. Needs to go. AK been cool though. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, he's done the best that he's could. Last year, he's, would, he's better than what Pax did. Oh my God, Pax la- informant. And, oh my God. In the last two years, you guys have been better than you guys have been in the last what five combined? I mean that mm-hmm. with respect. Oh, yeah. Levine, Demar, Vooch. That Star alone next. is really is yeah. is a firm foundation yeah, for Chris yes. There's still not one. No, <laughs> Chris Dunn in there. You're starting Caruso absolutely is one of those yeah. that needs respect. And it's also been unfortunate that Lonzo hasn't been able to stay healthy because I say it repeatedly when Lonzo and Caruso are on the court together, that's arguably the best perimeter defense right there, the best perimeter duo in the league right there. It's unfortunate, Lonzo. How uh, how and confident is, are you that Lonzo has come back next year? I'm not. Not at all? I, I literally punched my ticket in two months ago. This guy's cooked. Next year? I don't give a fuck. Come on, bro. I am walking into every season with the assumption that he's not playing. Why though? Because I don't want to get my hopes up, and then the guys he talk to play. ten different doctors, and not they, they said, one of them understand why he can't. They like, said he walk has a up the stairs. He has like a, a rare knee injury. Is it like, they've never I seen if this shit before. I need to do my own research on hey, doctor? it. Doctor, nurse, come on, don't give me that title. Well, he underwent two surgeries. <laughs> One this last fall and one last spring. They tried to rush him back from the playoffs. He wasn't good. We thought it would be good for training camp. He wasn't. And then at that point, I think we all knew. I mean, the guy couldn't walk upstairs. I do feel terrible. He's 25 years old, and that was his best season. When he was on the floor, you guys were, I think it was 22 and 13. Something like that. And last year at this time, you guys were 17 games above 500. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're about seven below. Yeah. Lonzo's only gotten better since coming to the league. Dog, he has a rare no, but now obviously now without he's went to without the injuries. I'm just talking solely on the court. He's went to ten doctors and ten doctors have said we've never seen this shit. I know it's sad. What the fuck? It's heartbreaking. (laughs) As a Lonzo fan, it does. Lonzo fan? I'm no Max. I didn't know. How can you? What do you mean you didn't know? Die hard. I didn't know you were a Lonzo fan. No, so we're not friends. We are. I've just never heard you speak about Lonzo in a while. I didn't know you were Lonzo. Well, what is there? Really, he brings him up monthly. Really? Okay. What is, there, what is there really to be talking about Lonzo other than how sad it is that he can't play basketball? I'm, I'm sorry. I, this is not me trying to be funny. I really uh, didn't know you were a Lonzo fan. It's all right. It's all right. You're a Lonzo fan, huh? I am a Lonzo fan. I, it's because he's on Lake Show with LeBron. Exactly. <laughs> and he was a savage that first year with LeBron and him. Then they both got hurt, and then that was when our season went to shit, honestly. Actually, speaking about the Lakers, why don't we go into the first topic of the show? Let's do it. Nice. Talk about the new Lakers since the trade deadline being 3-1. and Victories against the Warriors, not once but twice, against the Pelicans. And we're going to talk about the loss, obviously. Don't want to be oblivious. We did lose to the Blazers in pretty embarrassing fashion. Um, I'm assuming you guys want to hear me talk first about my Lakers. But to be honest, I kind of want to go last to really relish to hear what you guys have to say. So, Riv... We're going to start with you. Talk to oh, me about yeah, my new look Lakers, please. Because hey, not only did we hand your Warriors not one loss, but two. And one of those games, AD and LeBron didn't play. Well. So talk to me. No, both. Hey. Oh, we're, we're, one, they didn't oh, play. Okay. I'm glad you. And the second, okay. they didn't play well. I'm glad I'm you. Smoked I'm smoked by double I'm glad, you, I'm glad you. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because Steph of course, didn't play. Of course. And then Mike Canadian, my beloved uh-huh. King Canadian, he did not play for either. He did. So, you know, that's, that's a tough blow. And this team... Cannot afford to lose injuries right now because our bench stinks. Um, but nonetheless, you give credit. Lakers played great both of those games. They shot a ridiculous rate last game, 53% from the three-point line. Uh, 
It's like, no, there's still 13 ah, shit. Come on now. But um, really, the difference is just offense. Offense, offense, offense. They have okay. new players that actually know how to play basketball. And they have new players that can hit shots, make shots, create shots for themselves. I mean, you just look at the new players coming in. It's bringing the old, the other guys that were still here, bringing more energy for them to play better. And you mentioned it. LeBron and AD did not even play well last game. And the, the bench continued to pr- produce. Malik Beasley is a bucket. I think everybody has pretty much known that throughout his career. He's one guy that can get you buckets. Vando's there. He's th- kind of the connector. It's a glue guy, man. Yeah, the, the so perfect glue guy. Then you got Reeves here. I'm surprised Lonnie Walker hasn't gotten a lot of burn. He it seems sucks. to be the odd man out. Hey, it sucks that because he was playing really well this year. But um, this team just looks rejuvenated. Just you know, that Portland loss was really odd. They just got their ass whooped. They started off, yeah, they started off bad. But still, three games. The Pels, good win against the Warriors twice. Good win. You just love to see it with the Lakers because you made these additions in hopes to make a run. Now you're three win. I think you guys to be a top seed has to win like sixteen games or something. Now we gotta go crazy. We have to go crazy, and this is a great way to start. You got the Warriors coming up again, though. I believe. I look, no. the, I look at the schedule. Yeah, I believe, or somebody tough. I don't know if it's the Warriors. We exactly. play the map. We play the maps we, today. We play the maps tonight. So this will be another statement win because I believe Luca and Kyrie are playing. But you just love to see it with the offense. It's more creative. D'Lo did get hurt, so you haven't fully seen him the yet. First quarter, but you're waiting to Can't see him that. too. You got Belize. You got uh, Vando. LeBron and AD have to continue to play at an amazing, ridiculous level for you guys to still be competitive. But the bench looks better. The starters look better. And that's what you wanted to see. Now you got to make a run. You're still 13 seed. You have to make a run. You don't want to get let that get lost. No, in yeah, let's not get lost. Praise. No, because this is the shit. It was funny in the Discord the other day because the Lakers beat the Warriors, right? And I was like, and I said this shit five hours prior. I said we're probably gonna lose tonight, bad, right? So I said I literally told them we are. So the game happens. I'm watching the game like in spurts, and we're kind of close. And then we they they blow. So I was like, damn, third well. quarter. Yeah, mm. I was like, third quarter. I was like, all right, fuck it, we lost, right? The Discord goes wild. Lake show, we're winning a chip. Yeah. Yeah, like, we're going crazy. Yeah. Oh my God, we're coming. It's lit. We can beat anybody in the series oh in the West. God. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, it was one game. They was going crazy, but that's Lake show for They're in one since the trade deadline. It's not just they, one game. They think they can beat anybody. Run a fake heater. <laughs> Go ahead, John. So, for the first time in two years, the Lakers have an actual team around LeBron. James. <laughs> He's spinning. And that's He's a spinning. great start here. No, that's just a lot. <laughs> Say everything 100% correct. Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt to be the last two starters. We talked about this a little bit after the trade deadline. Jared Vanderbilt is a phenomenal defensive player. That makes a huge impact, even on offense, pushing the tempo. And he was a great plug-and-play fit, given how much you guys want to run. You then add in Beasley. He's a top 10, top 12 shooter in the league. The variable with the Lakers is Anthony Davis. When he was on the floor, he was an MVP candidate three months ago. He then has this navicular injury, and since then, it's been very inconsistent with AD. We talk about when he's at his peak, he's a top-five player, and that's true, but you need Anthony Davis to be the best version of himself if he doesn't go anywhere this year. You know, we've been talking about the Lakers now for, what, three months being the 13th seed? And at some point, I have to ask what gives. With AD, you know that you have the potential to make it to the postseason, but the constant variable is him. There's Great. no other variable on this team. And that's the fascinating thing. You've got 22 games left. You're 28 and 32. You've got three and a half games out from Dallas, who's the sixth seed. And I look at the Mavericks. I mean, they haven't really figured things out. They're three and three after getting Kyrie. They still have more to learn themselves. And I think today you guys play. I mean, who in the Mavericks can guard AD? That's my other question. Good so question. the theory of the Lakers is a contender this year. JaVale. You were high on JaVale when we were talking yeah. about them. Yeah, screaming. It's a shame Maxi Kleber isn't back, man. Oh yeah, he that probably would did a guy. great job. Locked up, Davis. AD, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reggie Bullock is here. 
<laughs> no, I got, I got, got, got. <laughs> this is another one of your tips. The Bulls could use Reggie Bullock. Yeah, I'm sure we could. So when we ranked the Western Conference two weeks ago. The thing we talked about was all those contenders and the theory teams. We didn't even mentioned the Lakers in that discussion. But the more you see the output, what, how this team's played through a couple of games, the more you say to yourself, if Anthony can just get back to that 2020 level, close to it, like I'm talking 80%. You guys are in prime position to climb yeah. over the Jazz. Yeah, we always ask that. Portland. He just needs to be what he but was. These teams early stink this ahead season. of them. The Pelicans without Zion, like you should be climbing over all these teams. The T Wolves right. as well. There's no reason the guys shouldn't be in the top eight because right. while there's 13 teams trying, technically 12 now at Utah, trying to make it to the playoffs, there's only what two real teams ahead of you: the Mavericks and the Warriors. The rest are mostly jokes. And the Thunder, the Thunder are young. Will come some slack. You guys should get ahead of the Thunder as well. You're right. I mean, guys, <laughs> let me not get ahead of myself because I'm I'm Portland's very antsy. Portland's all right. Portland's a joke. They're all right. They're, they're not a joke. They they're not a joke. They have no Dame Anthony Simons. You, uh, I mean, they're a joke. Uh, okay, that's true. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I keep um, forgetting. Yeah, I forgot Anthony. If you're a Lakers fan, you gotta be excited. You gotta be happy. And what this trade deadline shows is basically they just did a do-over of the Westbrook trade, right? You trade Westbrook, you get you give away your key role players who were actually good basketball players. Not only do you trade away KCP and Kyle Kuzma, but because of that, you also let Alex Caruso walk, right? So you have all of these guys that were a key contributor to your championship team in the bubble. Now you go out and you try to find that third star in Westbrook. And obviously, when the trade happened, it wasn't a good fit. As it played out, we knew it wasn't going to be a good fit. I mean, even this offseason with the talk with Russell Westbrook, playing defense, coming off the bench, hitting corner threes, whatever it was, right? There was some hope and some optimism around it. But Westbrook, there's always going to be highs and lows. And even we're going to talk about the Clippers game uh, in a couple segments. Same thing. You're always going to have highs and lows with Westbrook where he could win you a game coming off the bench, be efficient, shoot, you know, score 20 points, play make, but then also have games where he's two for 13, has five turnovers, and he's almost unplayable and unwatchable if you're a Lakers fan or if you're a Darvin Ham and trying to put a rotation together. But back to the Lakers' current roster, this is what LeBron needs, right? I mean, LeBron... When, whenever you go back throughout history, he has that second co-star, whether it's Kyrie, D-Wade, Anthony Davis now. He has a second co-star. Now he has playmakers, shooters, and defenders around him. And that's really what this team has needed. We've been saying it for basically over a year now, ever since that Westbrook trade happened. And that's exactly what they have. We talked about getting Vando and Beasley and these shooters. And although Lonnie Walker does seem like the odd man out, he's still going to be able to come in and shoot the basketball, right? He's still one of the better three-point shooters on this team. He's going to have, I think, some sort of role, whether it's injuries or just getting hot at some point because he he does seem interchangeable with some other guys um, on this roster but I do think it's important to note that while it's exciting the Lakers are playing well you also these wins are against the Pelicans who were on a 10 plus game losing streak right and at one point yes but regardless it was not far behind when you guys just beat them Um, and then the Warriors without Steph Curry on the road without Andrew Wiggins. So today's going to be the biggest test. You're going up against the Dallas Mavericks, as John mentioned, three and three since the Kyrie trade. So it's not like they're on this crazy push where they figured it out and they've been on fire. And it's also not like they're on this six game losing streak with Kyrie and nothing's going on. So I think it's a perfect test for you guys. You're going up against a team who is obviously ahead of you. Um, probably not going to see him in the first round. They'll probably be in the, in the middle of the, the Western Conference in terms of seeding. But it's going to be a big test because this is a playoff team. This is a competitive team. They have stars. And it's not just some weird Warriors injured team or Pelicans wouldn't be in the, one of the worst teams in basketball in February, right? So I think today's game is going to be the true test to see what this Lakers team is and this last you know month and a half of the season, what they can become. So, Rev, you keep mentioning to me how the Lakers are a 13th seed. Right, and you're 100% correct. We are the 13th seed. 
But I say this very confidently. If the Lakers make the playoffs, what does that mean to me, Riv? You know what that means to me? That they won't, that we're one of the hottest teams in the association. What the hell are you just pointing me out? Oh, because you like to laugh at us. We say 13 seed all the time. John gives us some some respect at the minimum, even though he likes to crack a little bit of jokes. He's starting to see see the light. He I saw the light first, did I not? You're the 13th seed. You're the 13th seed. You're closer to the 15 exactly. than you are to 10. That was I don't want to hear you. <laughs> I remember I was calling y'all good, though, prior to this before, and everybody was laughing at you. Remember? I was like, I've been peeping. Stop. I, All right. Thank you. That, that you get you, a little Drew. bit of respect. You, I'm not going to lie on his name. When we had P and OG on the show, you were not spitting. Oh, there no, was, I, no, I there was not a single say, person no, here that was... Si- no, no, no. It's a fact. Don't even do that. I was calling you guys competitive. No, that's a fact. It was a 6v1. It was a 6v1. Because he was He had to take that... To the chin on his own. He had, he had to do that. But I was telling him prior to that, I was like, I've been watching Lakers. They're not as bad as people think. I was telling him The that. shit that really was pissing me off about that before I go into my tangent was that they like to shit on the three-point guard lineup. When in reality, when AD was out, what was getting us by was that three-guard lineup. Mm-hmm. Of the Schroeder, the Bev, the Russ. That three right there was getting us wins. Or putting us close to being in games to win the game. So that's the only thing I didn't appreciate. Is like Obviously, you can hate on it because we lack size there, but... That, t- with LeBron, with, with with the interchangeable of Thomas Bryant, Lonnie, it didn't matter. It's like we were in games because of, obviously, LeBron playing at an insane level, but those three guys holding it down. So, yes, like I was saying, if we make the playoffs, that means that we are one of the hottest teams in the association. And if we make the playoffs being one of the hottest teams in the league, that means that we can actually contend. And I mean that very confidently because right now we're not in a great position. We're 28 and 32, no doubt about it. But... It's not too late to turn things around. We just need to go and be over 500 in, what, these span of 22 games? I believe we have to go 17 and 5. You also have to hope about this lose. Which, luckily enough, with, they the, go 17, with, five, with the though, schedule that we face, five wins gets you one. a lot of these teams we go against in the next four games. So we play against the Mavericks, who are the sixth seed. Then we play the Grizzlies, who are still one of the top three seeds. That's not an issue for – that's not a – a thought for us right now. We need to be facing those six to, to twelve teams. Then the Thunder, who are tw- that are, I believe they're eleventh. Then we play the Timberwolves, who are eighth. Then we play the Warriors again. Then the Grizzlies. So it's like in these six games right here, we can cover a lot of ground. And our schedule isn't horrible. After that, we play the Raptors, the Knicks, who have been playing really good basketball, but we did beat them in the Garden. I was there for that. Shout out. That was lit. Then we play the then we play the Pelicans, the Rocket, and the Mavericks again, and the Magic. Our schedule is not horrible. Seeing the Grizzlies twice is not ideal. I we even get the Bulls twice, too, in March. I tell you what, the schedule that we have is really not horrible. We play the Suns with KD. That'll be that'll be not the best. But it'll be a test for us because we play really good teams really well. I gave you time to speak. No, with. no. Just... I gave you. Oh, you're going to talk to John? Okay. This guy, okay. you didn't hear the shot. Of course yeah, I no, heard yeah, it, but yeah, I'm, we're talking about the Lakers. I'm sorry. I was in my brain counting up how many rings his team has combined, and I can't I can't find a number. No, it's, I it's, understand. It's, it's, I understand. Boggling my mind. Your team accumulated them all in eight years. Huh? The Bulls acquired all your championships in eight years. If not for Jordan, you guys would probably be. How long has Denver been here? 40? Okay, see? Denver? Yeah, no, a good amount of time also. Good amount of time. Not ideal. They're due. So. They're due for what? A championship this right. year. You think so? One of John's teams. <laughs> One, right? <laughs> he thought he had it in 2021. He thought. He thought. He thought. And then Giannis had dropped the Very 50 close. ball in game six. <laughs> so what's exciting about this team is now we have a little bit more of leniency, who we can lean on, right? So AD and LeBron have been 
since the trade deadline, not the most available, not the most consistent. LeBron missed those first two games against against the Blazers and against the Warriors. Against the Warriors, we were able to hold it down. And this also, this 3-1 and one stretch has been where AD has only played well in one of those games. Against the Blazers, he was not that good. I understand he had 19-20. and 20. The stat line looks decent. But he really was not that effective, did not look as aggressive, has not looked aggressive against the Warriors in either game. The only game that he looked really aggressive was against the Pelicans, and that probably was a personal thing, understanding he's going back to his original spot. And and that also may be true, where Draymond does impact Anthony Davis's game to a degree. But if that's the case, then why aren't you guys winning games, right? Why won't you guys beat us? We, if such an impact, why it's not as big of an impact is because we actually have a foundation around Anthony Davis now. Also the we have a foundation around, the court. no doubt, you guys' offense is poopy. <laughs> and that guy, Jordan Poole, yikes. That happens. So now we have Malik Beasley who can shoot. Dila who got hurt in the first quarter, and that didn't matter against the Warriors. We still were able to come out with the win. Austin Reeves, who's still a decent shooter, a decent... I said it last time. He is more talented than than people give him credit for. Obviously, I want that to be taken with a grain of salt. I'm not saying he's one of the most underrated talents in the league. I just say, with the ball in his hands, he doesn't play that Caruso role because he's a little bit more offensively talented than Caruso is, so it allows him a little bit more freedom on that end. And, and then, of course, you spoke about it already. Jared Vanderbilt and what he's able to do for us defensively. Anthony Davis now has a buddy that he can rely on defensively, night in, night out, to to hold down the fort with him. And then out in transition, we continue to be one of the better teams out in transition. It's just exciting for the Lakers to see that. I haven't seen the Lakers win or be have a lead of 20 points in some time. <laughs> and we did it in consecutive games against the Pelicans and the Warriors. Our three-point shooting, that is what I'm most happy about because it, we have lacked it for a season and a half. And for us to shoot 53% against the Warriors, a, a defensive team that is still pretty solid, of course, Curry's not there, so that offensive presence is not nearly the same and, and will never reach that without Steph Curry. But at the minimum, what we can take with take away from this is we're shooting the ball better. We're still getting out in transition, which was something that I wanted us to keep consistent prior to the deadline. And defensively, we're starting to be a little bit more focused. We need to continue to keep this focus for the entirety of the season because we could gain a lot of traction very soon. We're only a game out of the play-in, a game and a half out of the of being locked into the plane and having a little bit of security, but that's also pretty tough because obviously you understand the West is a crapshoot, but John alluded to it as well. There's no reason why we should not be ahead of the Blazers, no reason why we shouldn't be ahead of the Thunder, no reason why we shouldn't be ahead of the Jazz who just traded a ton of their assets, no reason why, especially not knowing the the severity or the timetable of he might Curry. Be back in a week. That's the hope. But you need him to be back in a week because then things start to get ugly and oh, then you guys become if us. He, if he's back in a week, we play you guys towards that week. Okay. Fuck. Oh, that, I'm sure. <laughs> that right, game's sure. at home, clown. Okay. Ah. Congrats. Yeah. And you go, we were home. You were home, what? Before the All-Star it's, break? Dude, and who you played? guys got smoked? Who played? Not LeBron, not not Anthony Davis. And not Steph and not Wiggins, right? Okay, so are we? Are you guys supposedly not better than us without AD and we are LeBron? the 28th ranked what does offense. that mean to me? It means we're one of the worst. We didn't have LeBron or AD, and we beat y'all. I mean, it's both really bad teams without yeah, your stars. Yeah, let's be honest. Smith. So that Clay, so that Dre, so that Poole, who's supposedly all we, world. The right? offense led by Clay is crazy. I'll be honest He's with you. He's been cooking. It's, yeah, but it's, come on. He's been cooking. Respect. Like 40 against the Rockets. I mean, it's the Rockets. 12 threes. <laughs> it's the worst. They're, they're, they're literally, uh, I need 30, I want to play Rockets type of vibe. Nah, no no cap. I'm not going to say The get right game. Yeah, the, the get back game. You know, the comp. But like I said, game time. Because that, that, that game matters. All right, so this is the last question I want to pose to you guys. 
What's the Lakers ceiling? Oh, uh, what's their ceiling? I'm curious what, to hear no, what you're saying. What's no, I asked you guys the um, uh, The thing is, the, say you win the play-in, right? First round, you're going up against Denver. Maybe the Sun. Like, you're... Your first round matchup is going to be tough. I don't think you get past Denver. Memphis, Memphis I think Memphis, that, that is one matchup you could look at that you could exploit and probably get past. But the fact that you guys have been this bad for this long, even if you go on a heater, you're still going to have to play one of the two best teams in the West. It would be different if you were, you know, could get to that five seed or four seed and maybe you have a, a more favorable matchup against someone like Dallas or something, which I think I would still favor Dallas in that situation. Um, but it's just going to be tough because you'll be competitive. But I still don't see you guys going on a championship run, beating Denver, beating Phoenix. So I think competitive first round, if you get a, a favorable matchup, you can make it to the second round. Okay. So AD and Wiggins actually did play. It was just LeBron and Steph did not play the first round. I thought AD didn't play against the no, He was just dog shit. First. Yo, you're right. He was horrible. He had 11 he, points, 13 points, right? 13. Something like that? Yep, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, just Steph and uh, LeBron didn't play. They lost. Yeah, even still, we we still should be better with AD on the court. But Schroeder had twenty five, something like that, twenty six, right? It came down to the wire. Lost twenty six. Shout out to the boys, man. You keep sleeping. Are the Kings the two seed? Clay went five for twenty three. It was not good. Two games out. <laughs> What's Blake our ceiling? ceiling? Is a deep second round exit. I'm talking Spec. like Philadelphia style because. The playoffs is all about attrition. Yo, he's hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> as hell. Competitive stamina. And I think this Lakers team, you know, they have the resolve, but they don't have the durability. And that component's key. It's crucial. You know, we see with every team, you need to be able to stay healthy. And I feel like KD, or not KD, AD will have some sort of foot issue. LeBron as well had his foot slash ankle issue mm-hmm. too. That's something we have to keep an eye on because he hasn't played well the last couple of games either. So I think, you know, second round series with Nuggets, push it to six, maybe seven. Let me ask you, John. Is there really any team in the West that has durability? Yeah. Do the Nuggets have durability, in your opinion? Their superstar does. Jokic is absolutely one of the most durable players no in the ring. league. That's fine. <laughs> but, of oh, course, shit. what does it take for him to be in a position to win games? You need Jamal Murray at 100. You need MPJ at 100. Those two have definitely been in question. So that's the only reason. It's it's. It seems like, of course, Anthony Davis, rightfully so, gets the tag of being injury-prone. He's been injured for a plethora of seasons, 21, 22, 23 now. Mm-hmm. But is it fair to say that the Nuggets lack durability? Those other parts, A.G., Bruce, KCP, and Nickel injury. The those role guys players are, but are if, always playing. Healthy. But yeah. if you don't have Jamal. I think if MPJ goes down, it's M- still fine. Oh, okay. I think Jamal but is Jamal, Jamal. Yeah, Jamal exactly. is Jamal like, ah. Exactly. You need Jamal. Yeah. Now for the Suns. Chris Paul is older. Devin Booker did have an injury, Kevin but Durant. I'm expecting him to it's be just, fine. It's Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Right? They lack Durability. KD did the same point. thing last year, though. Got hurt around January, came back, and was fine. The and Grizzlies, even. And let's not act like Devin Booker's hamstring injury is not in the past because still That's true. Here. A hamstring injury is one of the most yeah, in the West, easily Outside of the Kings, have injury problems. It, and that's a And I would say the Mavs. Mavericks. Well, even Kyrie, Kyrie misses some time, 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 time. But like, yeah. I feel like Kyrie recently year, has missed for different reasons other than being injured. Yeah, that's fair. So I feel like that yeah, they're the one guy. team. That I look at the Kings no, and the Mavericks. Injuries, though. But even still, I feel like the Lakers in a seven-game series can beat the Mavericks because the Mavericks do lack defense. No, yeah, I think. Oh, Interior shit. defense. Specifically. Spe- oh. That's why it's very tough, and I understand this, and I speak non-biasly. It's of very, course you do. It's very, <laughs> I, tr- I have to throw that out there because it could come across, uh, I can come across strong when I'm being biased. It's so just, I'm trying to It's a part of human nature. No doubt. It's very hard 
to analyze the Lakers ceiling and why I posed the question to you guys is because we understand the two guys that they have up front. And we see now the pieces around them are a little bit more foundational than they have been in the last year and a half. And we see teams that are vulnerable. I look at the Mavericks. I think that they are vulnerable because their defense is not good. I understand Luka Doncic is a game changer. He's one of the best in the league. But one guy can only do so much, and I understand Kyrie's an amazing offensive talent. But on the defensive side, what's going to happen? The Warriors are vulnerable without Steph Curry. They are vulnerable without Steph. We understand that. And Wiggins. Of course. Please, yeah, respect my career. I apologize. I, the Lakers-Warriors playing game? I'd be fired. And we it did was it fire again. And what happened? That game was the game. And triple. That game was lit. <laughs> oh, he oh. just aimed for the middle. Oh, uh, sir. Clay didn't play. Hate that quote. Come on, bro. Um, we were running out fucking... <laughs> that team was but Steph, so, so, that team was so hey, fucking Steph didn't bad. play, bro. That's oh, why we lost. No, now it's Clay didn't play. That's why we lost. No, but that team was so bad. Like, it was really fucking bad, bro. Like, Bad, bro. That's facts. That's why you guys lost to the Grizzlies the next time you had an opportunity. Draymond did that bum ass, stupid That was ass. the dumbest shot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he came down middle. I don't know what he did. That, shit, yeah, was, that yeah. shit was dumb. Um, I'll say this. You have a point with Thank the Lakers. Um, Appreciate every that. Every team in the West, you can see vulnerable. Convince not not just because of the injuries, but none of them can play defense, really. Um, I'll say this about the Lakers. Grizzlies play defense. Yeah. They're just offense in a half court. kind of funky. Yeah, challenged. Like, like the Bucks, yeah. Like, they're, like, like half-retarded sometimes. Come on. Um, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. But you know what I meant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this. In terms of the Lakers, I think they can – They in terms of matchup-wise, I think there's only, like, two teams that have the size and the defense that can hold – not – well, it's LeBron, but you know what I mean. Limit. Limit LeBron and AD, and that's the Warriors and the Clippers. I don't think – Denver, maybe. I think Aaron Gordon, KCP – but even then, this, this LeBron factor, like Denver doesn't have anybody to hold LeBron. Well, I think I, they don't have anybody <laughs> to hold LeBron. Um, I think AD, he's sick. <laughs> I think AD's, like Aaron Gordon would be, I don't know, that one's tricky. Like in terms of holding both guys, like limited, but I think the Warriors and Clippers favor the, the toughest matchups because the Clippers have 30,000 wings. And then the Warriors have the Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga set. So that always throws people off. That's true. And LeBron has had some fits with Wiggins and uh, Jonathan Kaminga in the past. So I was going to say, th- this last this most recent game, Kaminga yeah. was playing really good defense on LeBron. Yeah, so I, I think like that those two teams, in terms of Mavs, the defense isn't there to stop LeBron and AD. The Pelicans, I don't even know who's going to play when they match yeah, up. That's, that's and then. Not- Brandon Ingram's a putrid defender. They just have Herb Jones. Respect. And Zion also can't defend, but, you know, he's offensive. Nah, his defense has been good, though. His defense has been really good this year. Um, you think B.I. is that bad? In terms of a wing, yes. If you're a wing and you can't guard, that is a serious... It's like DeMar DeRozan. It's, it's just it's his, lateral, his lateral movement is, is not the best. It's lacking. It yeah. may not... It's not... It's, contusion, it's so. like... No, he was bad before the injury. It, it's It's... It's bad, but I hyper like I, I over exaggerate it more because he's a wing. Yeah, like if you're six nine and you're a wing and you can't defend, it's like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a really. But bad honestly, issue. the Lakers aren't gonna have to worry about the Warriors or the Clippers. They have to worry about the Warriors in the play-in. The Clippers, seeding wise, they're not gonna face them in round one. Ah, the Clippers would have the to five. get the teams that scare me the most. The Clippers have the five right now. No, the Clippers could get the three though. They could, yeah. If they get the three, but then the we I need mean, it. The Lakers would need to get to six. Lakers could. Get the six as long as the, the teams that scare derby. me the most in the West. If I'm the Lakers, a healthy Clippers team, absolutely, a healthy Suns team, and I will give the respect to the Nuggets because Jokic has been unbelievable. A healthy Nuggets team that means Jamal Murray. We don't have any restriction on him. His knees are perfectly fine, 
and we're seeing the, the, the normal Nuggets team that we are expecting to see. Those are the three teams that genuinely, if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to see early on. Really? For sure. What other team should I be scared of? Okay. I said the Suns, take, I said the Nuggets, it, take, and I said the healthy clip. Taking, oh, you guys, yes, healthy, yeah, healthy that's Warriors. What I'm I apologize. Now, it, it wasn't even on no, some no, shit. No, 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 I But I'm saying, like, it wasn't even on some shit of you not naming us. It was just two teams you named before us. Yeah, I made a mistake. I was just like, they, we match up better than them against right. you guys. What do you, what do you think the ceiling is? Be honest, too. Be honest. We're the let's just before we no, set, no. set the floor. Yeah, let's set the floor. We have let's wins you, over. We have wins take. over the Pels and the injured Warriors, and we're talking about how far can the Lakers go in the playoffs? And the Pels not, have been garbage for two yet. months. Yes, it's tough, man. It really is tough for the sole fact that you fallen in the West. No, no, no. <laughs> Fine. I, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go that far. But I just know. That this team healthy can do some special things. I agree. I do say. I, I do think, think we that. could call the Lakers. Uh, oh. They're a good team, but I hesitate to put them in a I would great say year a wild or in a, expected, in a title contention this. in the playoffs. LeBron's defense back. Yeah, it's back. He plays no defense in the regular season, and he's been a crutch of us. I'll be. I'll, I'll be completely honest. There, LeBron's lack of of defense is evident some nights. Yeah. Where we really need someone to step up, he's just been lazy because he has to put. I use lazy loosely because we understand the shoulder that he has to carry the the load that he has to carry on his shoulders offensively. But now that should not be that much of an issue because there's a little bit more. There's a few guys that can at least create on their own. Hopefully, Delo's injury is not too long. X-rays came back negative, but you have Malik, you have Delo, you have Anthony Davis. There's four. There's three guys right there that LeBron automatically should not having to be feeling the need to average 30, 35 points a game, where he can focus a little bit more on playmaking, a little bit more on defense, because that's what we need him to do. I feel like our ceiling, if all goes right, it's that second, it's that third round, mm. but it just can't make the finals. Again, I need. Let me see a couple games yeah, before I start let, chatting. Please I, watch some more under, games under the Pelicans and Warriors. Understand who I am. I'm Andrew Velez, <laughs> and I will 100% say that the Lakers can go to the finals. I can, but to respect my reputation and to respect myself as a man, I'm going to be hesitant. I'm going to wait a little I'm bit glad. because in these six games. We can move a lot, yes. and it definitely could impact the way that people view us. And at least there's an end of the tunnel for LeBron, or a light at the end of the tunnel, I should say, where there's 20-something games left. He knows how many games he has to win. He knows he has to lock in to get into this play. And when you, the first 50, 60 games, right, he's more or less just cruising, trying to stay healthy, trying to put himself in position for these 20 games that they're in striking distance. They could get into the play and, and eventually get into the playoffs. So I think that's good, at least mentally for him, knowing that, if I lock in and play, like you mentioned, Drew, defensively, I still think there's going to be plenty of nights he's going to have to carry the load offensively because there's going to have nights where you guys can't Cold. shoot. You're right. Or, yeah, you're just not going to be able to shoot the ball. It's just not going in. It's not your night. And LeBron's going to have to take over. And, you know, that's just part of the game. And part of LeBron's greatness is he's going to be able to do that and put up 30, 40-point games. You just hope that he'll be able to do it defensively, too, because now these games really matter, obviously, compared to games in, like, November and December no where, you know, you're just going through the motions the long season. Now, post-All-Star break where there's only 20-something games left it's much more important I think LeBron knows that obviously he he said this is most important 23 games of his career I mean bullshit but regardless he knows w what this means and he can't have another you know miss the playoffs losing the play and whatever it might be you know he's got to lock in I I push back on the the WCF I don't see that quite That's yet ceiling I need to see them play real teams bro with no disrespect to the Pelicans they have not been good at all obviously Zion's been hurt the Warriors are injured I need to see them play some competitive teams before I can Talking say about get the most to the recent WCF. They don't have 
Curry. They don't have Wiggins. They're on the road. Last thing, and we'll move on. Riv, what is your opinion on people believing that you guys should move off of Steve Kerr? What? (laughs) Crying. You heard that from one person. I'm (laughs) curious. Frank said that. Frank who? Oh, God. (laughs) Bro, he said that shit, and I kind of lost my mind. Well, he said, Steve yeah, he Kerr? said Steve Kerr's lineups are so bad that he doesn't want to see I asked him anymore. if he's a Steph Curry merchant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious. Um, yeah. No, Frank's been heard. We, yeah, we've nah, been talking he in DMs. He's been, he's been paying. <laughs> <laughs> he's undoubtedly paying. I no, just wanted Steph, to throw that in Kerr don't leave until Steve, uh, Steph leaves. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Curry ain't gone. So moving on, we're going to talk about potential first-round matchups in the Eastern Conference. Now, we did this last show where – the last basketball show where – we went over potential matchups in the first round of the Western Conference. We went over contenders, pretenders, but I feel like we can all come to a consensus. We feel like there's only two strong contenders in the East, correct? Riff? Two or three? Oh, you know what I think the difference. There's Oh my god. Wow, I just I just before we um moved on, I wanted to tell you guys my tears for the West real quick. For the West, yeah, we yeah, did this, this last. last I know, but I made one real quick. Okay. I thought it would be, I thought it'd be cool, and I wanted to just yell it out real quick. Let's hear it. Yell right. it out. Yeah. So number one, Excuse me. we literally had this exact. I, topic. I, I, <laughs> I know, but now no, the Rick Lakers actually are, went down, sat down, typed it out. Yeah, so, no, yeah got, the, got it. Got the Lakers it. are newfound. I got it. I got it. Ah, for the This goes with the ceiling. Okay. All right, talk to me. I got a tear for you guys. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Best in the West, Denver. I think I agree. They've been the best in the West. Tier two is top dogs: Grizzlies, Suns, Dallas, Clippers. Tier three, wild cards, Warriors, Lakers, two teams that could at any moment just start fucking going bananas and winning. And then the unknown, Pels and the Kings, we don't know what the fuck we're going to give them come playoff time. And then uh, playing Warriors, Minnesota, OKC, Portland, Jazz. You know what? Now that you say that, and I'm going to pivot really quick on the fly. We're not going to do the first round matchups now. We're going to react to the Clippers and the Kings matchup first. We're going to talk about that that okay, game handsome. because we it was one of the most insane scoring games we've ever seen. The second highest scoring game in regular season history. Now I say that because you had the Kings in your your question marks unknowns unknowns. unknowns. So it was 176 to 175. If you guys didn't watch, it went into double overtime. The Clippers honestly blew the game at the end of the fourth quarter. The, they allowed was that the fourth or the first first end of the fourth and the first overtime also. Yes. Okay, there it is. So the Clippers were playing pretty loose basketball, and the Kings were able to capitalize, able to 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 come back, tie the game. Malik Monk was historic. He put up forty five historic. Historic's hilarious. <laughs> I miss him. That's me talking as a as a Six guy who missed him very badly. Absolutely. Coming off the bench for him to, absolutely to, to put up forty five points in that fashion, to to be as clutch as he was, to send this game into overtime with a second left remaining. He he nails that three pointer. I'm curious, Riv. Did this game change how you see the Kings at all? Now I see you have them as unknowns, so I'm curious. What's your thought process on the Kings? Oh yes, um, <coughs> 176, regardless Nuts. of overtime, no, no, is insane, ridiculous. Um, I put them in the unknown because in the playoffs, like the transition from the regular season to the playoffs is so so different. You know, the physicality becomes different, the foul calling becomes a little less. You know, trans. You, you start to adjust. You start to make schemes. You start to pull out your ultimate game book. Like, a lot of coaches don't pull out their playbook for the playoffs in the regular season. You know, they kind of keep it at a regular season momentum. And then in the playoffs, they start adding more things, adding new nuances. And I call the Kings an unknown because we don't know what we're going to get from this team in the playoffs. We don't know if this high-powered offense is going to continue. We don't know if they're going to flip a switch and turn to a good defensive team. We don't know if they're going to flip a switch and turn into a bad offensive yeah. team. Like, we don't know – 
if De'Aaron Fox is going to come to show out, if Sabonis is going to be nice, Kevin Hurd and Malik Monk, are they going to be able to shoot the same way they're shooting the regular season? Like, we don't know with this team. So I call them the – like, this game doesn't change my view because they're a great regular season team. I think they pretty much stamped that even prior to this game. They're one of the best offenses in the NBA. Their offense is so fluid. It's like Golden State's. It's a lot of movement, a lot of uh, pick and pop, a lot of pick and roll, a lot of pin downs, a lot of Sabonis making plays for others. And then you got a lot of good role players in Harrison Barnes and Malik Monk. She meant to, meant to, I don't know how to say his name properly. Me too. Yeah. Trey Lyles even has been solid for them. So they have a lot of good role players. But in the playoffs, you cut it down to seven, eight guys realistically. Then you have your two stars. The Kings are going to probably walk into every playoff series with the least talented two stars, if I'm not mistaken. Least proven. That's least proven. Least, def- that is the best way to put, put it because that's being very rude to De'Aaron. I don't think it is. It's, it's the nicest way. I mean, it, except I, 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 like, I, like, I don't want to uh, be rude, but like if we run down the list, Denver, you would take Denver comfortably. Of course. Of course. Even Sons, Golden State, Steph about. carries, so you would take Golden State comfortably. Lakers, no doubt. Clippers, no Grizzlies? doubt. Grizzlies is probably the one, but you still would probably one. take the Grizzlies. That's probably the closest one, but you would take the Even the Pelicans, you still take Zion regardless healthy, of what's though, going on. They need yeah. to be healthy. Wolves, I'm with you. Wolves is probably the closest one, but I would Wolves probably take Grizzlies, Ant. Yeah. Yeah, those are, Wolves and Grizzlies are probably the toss-ups. But even Phoenix, comfortably. Dallas, Grizzlies, comfortably. Comfortable? I'm no, Grizzlies, as we said, Grizzlies and uh, Wolves are the two you have the conversation about. The Mavs, about. they're a two-headed monster. But outside of that... But I'm talking about just the two stars. Like, no, you, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, facts. Yeah, so it's like, no, no no disrespect to the Kings. I pretty much gave my apology for Fox, Sabonis. They've been great this year. But you're still walking into the playoffs in the West, probably with the two least talented stars. You still have two guys that can do it. But And in the playoffs, Sabonis and drop coverage, how is he going to look against defenses probably and switches? Yeah, so it's like... I call them the unknown because we genuinely don't know what we're going to get from a first-time playoff team. I mean, this is the first time all of these guys in in their a better role. Like Malik Monk was in a role with the Lakers, but this is a different role he's in now. He's one of their best scorers. So Kevin Herter is now one of their best scorers. So it's like this is a completely different role. We don't know how they're going to look. That's why I call it the unknown. But this game for me, this game for me, honestly – just makes me look at the Clippers the same way I was telling you guys about it two weeks ago. How they fold lane games, they don't have an offense lane games, yeah. and they use and they blown a lot of lead. They literally should have thirty eight wins right now at least if they didn't blow a lot of their leads in the fourth quarter in overtime because they lack a cohesive offense. They lack ball movement. Come down the stretch, they act. They just act completely that brain dead. No, it's because it's on they the don't have a floor the general. There you go. It's on the players on the court. Yeah. yeah, it's on. It's on the players on, on the court. PG and Kawhi don't want to be point guards. They don't want to be point. They want to get a, a guy that can get them to their spots. They don't want to have to go get to their spots. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they still have that issue because clearly, if you, if anybody watched that game, you know the Clippers should have won that game. For sure, the Clippers like nine times. Yeah, over yeah the Clippers over. twelve or three. Literally minutes. kept giving it. Like I know De'Aaron Fox walked in there. We don't give a fuck about who's on the other side. We here too, Malik. Monk. Yeah, I got that. But let's be realistic. The Clippers should have won that game ten times easily. They just continue to let the Kings get back in it, get back in it, blow leads. It's credit to the Kings though; they kept scoring. But watching that game, the Clippers blew that lead, and this goes to a lot of their problems in the fourth quarter, late in the games. They tend to struggle and they they choke up, and that's not good for a playoff team that has high implications of going to the finals. This Kings team is so weird to project in the playoffs because. Demontis Sabonis has never started in a playoff game before. In 2020, in the bubble, he had surgery. I forget if it was his wrist or his his foot. (laughs) And De'Aaron Fox's only postseason basketball is in the bubble. 
kind of weird to think about. But this year they've been one of, if not the most healthy team in the league. And they're also fourth in net rating in the closing minutes of games in clutch time. And as much as I love De'Aaron Fox, as good as he's been, like you said, kind of projecting for the playoffs, the Kings remind me a lot like last year's Minnesota team, where their offense ranks first in offensive rating, but also first in, po- in points per game. It's beyond elite. It's superb. I mean, the entire group in the regular season fits like a glove. And the credit goes to Monty McNair, their GM. But when we're projecting what this team's going to be this year, it's a great story in the regular season. There are those questions with the team. Um, to talk about your Clippers on the swing, I think they're going to regret now going after Mike Connolly. Because Russ, look, he, he's really good in hurt. moments with five outlooks where he can you know miss layups, but generally just get to the rim, kind of play off the ball, push the pace. Russ is a good fit for them, but they need a reliable floor general that you can play in a closed minutes of games. And Russ, you can't. It's not only the ball watching off the ball on defense, but the bad decision-making. It's the fact that he's six foot three and 34 years old and he can't shoot at all. Like, the Kings were playing him at the three-point line, which surprised me. The guy has no gravity. Like, I'll let a third, 29% three-point shooter take a wide-open three-point look any day of the week. So if you're Clippers, that's what's going to come back to bite him in the playoffs, the fact they don't have a point guard. For as great as Kawhi and PGR, we've seen that they need that, and that point guard also has to be the perfect type of fit, which Connolly has shown to be in the past as a bottom shooter. I think they're really going to regret that because Bowen's Island's not going to play for them. So would you not? Riff had them in his second tier in the West. Top dogs. Top dogs. Top dog pretender for sure. Top dog pretender. Yeah. I How wouldn't go that far, that but um, top dogs for sure. Because yeah. like, it's so weird. Ah, like I get he's he's hundred percent right. I don't know if he'll hundred percent bite him in the ass. No, nah, the Mike Conley shit hurts. Bad. It hurts yeah. because I people were advocating for Mike Conley. Yeah, now you look at it in hindsight, you don't got him. All right, fuck it. So you got to go kind of like, move on. Yeah, mm-hmm. You got to move on. You got Westbrook. Mm-hmm. With Ty Lewis, he's still trying to figure out who's the eight guys that's gonna play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he doesn't he doesn't know who's he he doesn't under, he doesn't know his rotations yet, and in the playoffs, what they've always went to is PG Kawhi ISO find a mismatch, handle it, and when they were healthy, it worked. You know, they, they even though they choked against Denver for the most part, just because PG played like shit, but Kawhi was cooking, and then the next year they went to the WCF. You know, so it worked for the most part. It works. You know, PG Kawhi ISO, but Kawhi is now a year removed from an injury. You know, he's he's starting to figure out, but you could still see he's a, he's a step slow. You could still see he's a little hindered. He still can't move as good as he used to. You could see you put a little pressure on him. The knees buckle a little bit. He's not there with the athleticism. You know, he shows it in spurts, but he's not fully there yet. And now you kind of have to under you – you guys got you got guys like Norman Powell, who's not a good defender. You know, high-volume high scorer, no but doubt. he's not a good defender. Zubak can't play in certain matchups. You don't play Roku, but Roku, when it, you put him at the five against Roku? Dallas. Roku TV? I'm crying. <laughs> when you put him at the five against Roku. Dallas. Roku. Roku, sorry. Mm-hmm. When you put him at the five against Dallas, he wasn't that good. So, you know, it's... Plumlee, not it either? Plumlee played one game. Two games. So, um, I ain't going to sit here and... Plumlee got exposed. I, I was going to say defensively. Plumlee was just a guy for the playoffs. Oh, regular season, I feel like. Just a backup for the regular minutes, season. Have, yeah. Minutes. I don't think he'll play in the playoffs. <laughs> But that point guard shit is going to hurt. But if the Clippers get back to their defensive identity, no doubt. they should be fine. You know, because in the West, the only bad matchup is Denver, right? Like, I, every other matchup, like, not saying AD's not a mismatch, but he's not seven feet tall. You know what I'm saying? And he's not a rebounding machine. Like, he's not going to sit here and destroy you on the glass. He likes finesse. Suns isn't a great matchup either. Yeah, don't you think it's a pretty bad one? Suns? Aiden yeah. and KD? Because they have Kevin Durant now. But Aiden, I've always felt they let Aiden cook. They'll uh-huh. just let Aiden cook. I mean... They, it's, you can't, I don't want to go back to the last series they played because so much has been passed from that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, 
in that series, they let Aiden do whatever he wants to do. They kind of just honed in on Devin Booker. But the Phoenix Suns can't hone in on Devin Booker anymore. Now you have Kevin Durant, which why is you need Paul George to play at his absolute best because Paul George can match Devin Booker in a playoff series. So you need him at his absolute best. Can he not? He could. What are we doing here? (laughs) <laughs> what are we doing? I'm sorry, bud. Offensively, offensively, I'm wins. going Devin Booker, and I'm not thinking twice about it. You don't have to. You, I, that's, that's, I, that's I would respect. agree. Yeah. Defensively, oh no, defensively, we're talking Paul George. Yeah, yeah. Last time we we spoke about Paul George's defense, someone got embarrassed. It's just the honest <laughs> truth. Yeah, Paul no, George's defense yeah. is unbelievable. No, yeah, you do take Devin Booker's offense. That's all. That's couple, solely what I oh, mean. Yeah. But if you, you, that's why I say you need Paul George as absolute best. Got it. Because you it. get Paul George as right absolute now. best, you get Kawhi as absolute best. Then you can match Devin Booker and Kawhi. And then I think the Clippers have better role players. So top to bottom. So you know you have to just. Rely on the role players. You know, you got yeah. Mook. Mook's been a good well, shooter. Chris Paul and Eaton. And if Josh Kogi keeps wearing this mask, I don't know. Dude. Please, enough. Josh Kogi's been balling. Oh, God. I'm Chris Paul, I don't know. I don't think he'd be good in the Clippers matchup now because that, that length would yeah, bother him a lot. Of and then they got Mook. Guy. Mook's been all right. Yeah. You know, Chris Paul can't escape yeah. that. Yeah. So, you know, Aiden will have to dominate. That'd be a tough series. I don't know. The Kings, though, like, I don't know if there's a favorable matchup for them in the playoffs. There's not. Their issue is because they don't play defense. Like, that's they don't have the personnel. They don't, and because all their guards are small, they're skinny, right? Like Malik Monk, Kevin Herter, De'Aaron Fox, and I don't even know if it's effort, obviously, to an extent, but they're small, right? These guys are all, like, under 200 pounds. Screaming and, at the weight. And in the, they're but small, the thing but they're is, fast. Yeah, but the issue is in the playoffs, it, you're going to get more physical. And I think if you're having an issue in the regular season, I mean, they're 25th in defensive rating. Uh, even when they win games, they don't play defense. Their no. whole, the whole story of the Kings is just outscore the opponent, and... It's going to work in the regular season if you're going to be one of the most efficient teams offensively, which is basically what they've been all season long. But defensively, come playoff time, if you're going to be one of the worst defensive teams in the league, you're not going to be able to make any noise in the playoffs. And that's why I think Kings fans should be excited, right? And But I also think that's why they feel disrespected because they've had such a great regular season. They're obviously best season in fucking my entire life, it feels like, right? <laughs> and then we sit here and we all no, say, literally. We, we sit here and they're like, oh, yeah, they're not going to do anything, right? And it, it comes off as disrespectful thinking we're just going to push them to the side and be like, oh, it's the Kings, they'll fold, whatever. But there's a real reason. Like, if you do not play defense, you're not going to make any noise in the playoffs. And even in the first round, they match up against a team like the Lakers who have been struggling all season long. I would probably take the Lakers in that series. Not that... They've been a great defensive team by any means, but at least they have the personnel to be a great defensive team. Yeah, the effort team. is there. I, like, if you watch Kings games, they, they do try. The effort is there. It's just Kevin Hurd has never been a good defender. Yeah. Malik Monk is not a good defender. Uh, Fox is the lone good defender. And he's small. Even at that, he's yeah, small. He's, he's, he's he quick. Like, he's, he's, not, exactly. he's quick. You know, he's he's a little tenacious, but, you know, they don't have the, like you said, they don't have the size, yeah. the guys. The protection. Yeah, he got the, the wing defense. It, yeah. And it happened in the four, uh, fourth I mean, quarter overtime where it would be pick and roll, Kawhi, or overtime. That when Plumlee came in, they would trap Kawhi. Why Plumlee gets the ball and he gets picked like he gets his his yeah, pocket he, was, he moves too fucking pocket, slow. whatever that's why they needed um, a five a, a wing there but yeah like you know I mean Harrison Barnes I know Harrison Barnes if that's your best defender you're fucked yeah it's not a, if that's your best wing defender. but to, to talk about the Clippers a little bit Kawhi obviously was phenomenal but I think it's important to note that third quarter twenty one points what, he bro? was ridiculous he's not the, better than Tatum he may not the, be Riv Riv the fourth quarter and two overtime he scored a total of six points oh does, yeah I don't know does that clear. worry you at all that Maybe the like the legs give out. He doesn't have as much. You know what I mean? Like that's an issue, especially quarter, come playoff time. And he's gonna have to be playing. You know, every other day come playoffs. 
I think that is a bit of a concern that he showed off the third quarter. Kawhi was doing bolt like step back threes, fade away in his with a defender in his face, hitting this like he was doing everything yep. vintage Kawhi that you could possibly it, ask it for. But then the fourth quarter and two overtimes come where the minutes start racking yeah. up, and all of a sudden he's not the same and that's, guy. And that's what we were talking about. The Clippers blew this game ten times because they were up twelve with three. Yeah, minutes. if if you like don't, with five yeah, if you don't. Blow those leads, Kawhi doesn't legs doesn't give out in those overtimes. You know, but in the fourth quarter he, he gave out, but they, they were up big. So they were he, up, he, was cruising. he didn't need that's to do cruising. much. That, that, that's the, the problem. Playing lazy, exactly. They got yeah. lazy, lack of days. Twenty five turnovers, even in overtime. Oh. I think they were up what one seventy five, one sixty nine, or some yeah, shit no. like it was something like that. They were up five or six, yeah. and poor George asks, "Yo, you want me to come in?" He said, "Nah, the minutes restricts." Okay, whatever. You put Eric fucking Gordon in <laughs> instead of Terrence Mann, who's standing right there, and he's standing right there, and it's like shit like that is like. Yo, Ty Lue, like, I'm I'm up here vouching for you. I'm telling my boys, yo, you're a top dog in this league. Like, you're a top you coach. You be Catholic. And I be, I be up here praising you, and you do dumb shit like that. You make me look bad. Stop <laughs> making me look bad, bro. Because you looked at everybody, and you said, Eric Gordon's the one I want. And he comes in the game, and he fouls twice. Like, this shit happened verbatim, like, quickly. And then it's like, all right, you got Plumlee. I've been here in the end here. Yeah, it's like, DJ. all right, shit, shit's over. So it's like... Talu has made some questionable decisions, and you're making me look bad up here because I'm up here defending you like you a top four coach in the world because I've seen you do some shit in the playoffs. But now in the regular season, you're making bad decisions. I understand coaches be trolling. You know, I get it. Coaches like to troll in the regular Your season. Your favorite coach is troll. Yeah, no. Curse tr- that's yeah. what I understand. Like, coaches be trolling. But come on, man. It's fucking February. Get Think it about it, how bad Steve Kerr be trolling to the point where Warriors fed stakes. <laughs> <laughs> No, because he did it last year. He trolled all, all last season year. long, and yeah, that's exactly season. what I said to him too. Yeah, Is it trolling or so. trying to find lineups? I don't know. Nah, no, he be trolling. Sometimes no, no. it's it's comical the shit that he do. No, Ty Lue tries to find. Kerr was trolling last year. Uh-huh. He, he was running out stupid. Like he wasn't serious. That's why when people walked into the playoffs, they weren't high on us because he was fucking trolling. He always figures it out come playoff time. But to finish off talking about the Kings. Best offense in the league, offensive rating. They're even higher than the Nuggets, who it seems like they have been number one. It's crazy. It's crazy, but it's all led by DeMontis Sabonis and his ability to playmake as a big, and him being poor man's Jokic. And poor man's Jokic has now become a rude term to use with Sabonis. He has at least given himself the credit and the respect to show that he is one of the better playmaking forwards in the league. And he's a center now. He's officially a center. So he's, he's the second best. He's the second best playmaking center in the league right behind Nikola Jokic. And De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, oh, oh, okay. the guy who you used to absolutely... Hey, he said they hate in the sauce team in the 2016 redraft. I'd take him like seventh overall. Oh, you remember everything, huh? No, I, I'm I, glad. I did everything. I'm, I'm glad. Not. I'm glad. Yeah. I How about it. you put some respect on his damn name? Singlin's and better. add a little bit to that. At what? No, no, no. At what? I'm just playing. To kind of add a little bit to that. What makes Sabonis such a great playmaker for this team is that he's quicker than Jokic. And so he can go coast to coast. He can make hit-ahead passes. But also, in terms of pick and roll, setting handoffs, he's quick. He's snappy with He's not slow. And so that juices up the entire half-court look. And then once he gets a rebound, everybody's going. So it really was the perfect fit. And yet a year ago, 12 months, 11 months, everyone's saying this is a stupid trade because how could two guys that can't shoot as stars fit together? Well, it turns out a little more than shooting into the equation. Because what they're doing right now is running the floor, of course. You have De'Aaron Fox, probably the fastest guard in the league, next to also Malik Monk, who whenever he comes in off the bench, he comes in, is also a fast guy as well. These two are great playing next to one another, and really, I need to highlight De'Aaron Fox and what he's been able to do. Come fourth quarter, this is the clutchest player in the NBA. When it comes to clutch points, 
He is number one. De'Aaron Fox and his ability to get to the rim at that size also is not something that we talk about enough. His finishing abilities at the rim is also incredible, especially for his size. The one thing I would like to see is his free throw percentage go up. Being a 79% shooter, 79 free throw percent shooter at that size, you need to improve that simple as that. But what they've been able to do offensively has been amazing to see, and it gives me the optimism that right now where it currently stands, they would be facing the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. There is a world that the Kings could beat the Dallas Mavericks there, in round no, one. No, there is zero world. It's, you guys say that because Mavs of Luka Doncic. Defense. But you guys, that's, no, that's there exactly is, is, right. right. Fuck no. There uh, let me no finish. Way. Let no. me finish because I, I just let you guys speak. Let me finish. It's a long shot, but there's a that's their best match. Who's favored? Probably. The Dallas Mavericks by far. Why? Because of Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving. So what you guys are doing and why you guys are having a stroke right now <laughs> is for the fact that Luka Doncic goes into playoff series and is by far the best player in that series. Understandable. But understand that Luka Doncic, yes, he has Kyrie Irving. Absolutely, that cannot be ignored, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize that. Outside of Kyrie and Luka, this team is not good. Christian Wood stinks. He's mid. Josh, Josh Green Josh stinks. Maxi Kleep is a starter on a championship Stop caliber team. You got right, And you know when what? Is he coming back? Back? When is wait, he wait, coming wait, back? Wait, wait, wait. Maxi Kleep is a what? Starter on a championship caliber oh, team. And here's God. my thing. You force a bonus to his right hand, the kids are done. He can't go right. He won't dribble right. It's like he chopped off that hand. So while he's great now in the regular season, that's another issue. Kind of like Julius Randle in the Hawks series where, dude, if you just scheme up against them in a seven-game series and you put them to the stretch test, it is over. Luka could sweep them. The only, like, the, the only difference there is where you're comparing Julius' situation, which was all one of the historic collapses that we've seen of a player who was All-NBA. The only, the only difference is oh, Sabonis no. is an amazing playmaker. Yeah. And I believe that in those situations, he'll be able to find the right pass. And the way that the Kings' offense is so free-flowing, the way that they move without the basketball, it allows me to feel a little bit more confident in the Kings there. Yes, their defense but the Mavericks is defend well on the perimeter. It's the interior defense. But I think, exactly, the and they get okay. to the basket too. So, De'Aaron Fox's ability to so get Drew, to the basket is questions. still firm, and Sabonis as well, 6% who, 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 from the field. Two questions, because uh, I think you are, this is you being a little low on Dallas to I a am. degree. So I understand where you're coming from. Joel is also, Joel, ugh. Joel, Joel. is also a little low on Dallas. I know, I, yeah, I usually call you Dallas. You know what, I can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, my girl's watching, bro. You're sick. <laughs> um, so, question for both of you, because you both are actually low on Dallas, which is fucking insane. I feel like me. Why is it insane? I, no, I just don't think Luka it's, it's not second insane. all can time in points per game behind Michael Shorty. Okay. The rest right. of his team is can mid. Kyrie, yeah, Kyrie. Okay. Come on, stop it. We're talking don't about do that. the most That's all you need. That's all you need. Don't fucking do that. That's all you need. God, Riff, please. And I feel like, unfortunately, me and John are on the same side, which I hate. You guys have him going to the finals. Oh, 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 oh. I, uh, you said they could go top, to the finals. True or false? Were they were my top. Those four teams are my top two. Okay, question. you said they could go to the finals. Yes or no? I don't remember. I'm gonna say you that. said. No, I, I'm not saying you're a liar. I said I don't go remember. Ahead. Um, this is a reason. Why, do you not with the Kings versus the Mavericks? Do you not understand that there's an extreme unknown about the Kings? Whereas with Dallas, their defense may not be as good as you want them to be, but they have bodies to throw at Fox. The Kings don't have. Bodies to throw at Kyrie and Luke at all. Well, the like, Kings are going to score. I think we have a big enough sample size to know so they're going to put up points. If it's a scoring output, would you not think Dallas comfortably beats? Yeah, but the they Kings? could. You could also just have a cold night, and like it could happen a couple times. Like we saw. Uh, yeah, but the Dallas cold, cold the, the night. Warriors, the, yeah, but this is and this is where I'm going with it. The Warriors cold night amazing. determines a good defense. 
Luka has right. played good defenses his whole life in the playoffs. That's facts. But so the Kings don't have anything. I think the fact that the Kings are the most efficient offense in basketball is a little oh, bit yeah. different, no? Offense, yeah. That means yes. you're going to have to go out and shoot out. Which, why can't they against Beat that Luka defense? Uh, listen, I'm still taking I'm still taking the Kings, Dallas. What's the game plan? It's it's really Pray similar to, to me. Let Luka do whatever the fuck he wants. You're not going to stop Luka. But everyone around him, we can try our best. You're not going to really stop Kyrie. No, you can't. But if your main game plan is let Luka do what Luka is going to do and really try our hardest to get rid of the second option because no one else on that team is a real threat, then there's a strong possibility you can come away with the win. I only disagree because the teams that they've played, the Warriors, the Suns, and the Clippers, have all been significantly better defenses in the Kings, which means they have the personnel to hone in on the other guys, even hone in on Luka to a degree because his percentages of uh, his field goal percentage drops every single uh, quarter gotcha. because of those defenses. You know, Andrew Wiggins, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. And the energy he puts forth yeah. too, yeah. With the Kings, though, they don't. They have Harrison Barnes. Like they don't have guys that can right. continuously throw I'm not by. You're wrong. They don't have. So it's like it's literally just going to be a shootout. And if it's just a shootout with Luca and Kyrie, I don't see how it's a world. You know that they can beat the Mavericks. Is like, there any team the Kings can beat in the first round? The Jazz. The okay. Lakers. <laughs> Lakers. If they get the eighth seed. No. Or maybe who's the best matchup for them then? Like if you're a Kings fan, who are you hoping for to play in the first? The Memphis round? Grizzlies. Yeah, because they have a terrible uh, half court offense, offense. Is not good. Yeah, their so defense you, is great, but they but they're also a three seed. They're not going to face in the first round. So I would probably the Mavs or two and seed. the Grizzlies. Maybe the Clippers again. Ma- not crazy. I mean, if you're looking I, at this I game, you like probably the, think yeah, we could maybe. You know, uh, it's I just mean, Kawhi. Yeah, Aaron said it. Right? I'm, I'm trolling. Yeah, they, they don't want. And to look, see I don't want to make this into a four hour show, but we need to respect Josh Green. The guy <laughs> is a forty percent three point shooter. An elite athlete, an elite finisher, a quality defender, and a good enough ball handler and passer to be the third Kinda best like Josh player Hart. on a team. But <laughs> no, on a team, going. just a team. He doesn't have to try hard. He can just with his athleticism on a team that has Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. He is more than capable of being the third option. I've heard that about Dorian Finney-Smith. That team had Kyrie Irving. Really. I think it's not about. No, that's fair. I don't, I don't think it's about disrespect him, or respect. Saying, I just think we want to see it in the playoffs. You know, I think that's that's where you earn your respect type shit. Like, I don't think nobody's thinking Josh Green is trash yeah. and nothing like that. I think we all think he's a good – I think we all think he's a good player. Like, he's growing as a player, but the respect gets earned in the playoffs, you know. And I think against the Kings, where he's going to be matched up with Fox, I think that's where he can get his respect. Mm-hmm. So, talking about the playoffs, we're going to move on to previewing the first round of the Eastern Conference matchups that we might potentially see. We were supposed to talk about this last subject, but Riv gave us a perfect segue to talk about – the Clippers and the Kings, and I really do appreciate it. So, first off, again, I started it off by asking the question, are the only true contenders in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics and the Bucks, in your guys' opinion? Yeah, I don't. I really don't see another team. The Sixers and Cavs are the only ones even in that conversation. Everybody else in the East, it's a matter of can they get a first-round win because other than that, you're not beating any of these teams in the second round. I, I really don't think we have to go into much detail here. What do you think, Riff? Because when I asked you that question, it seemed like you had some hesitancy in your heart. When? Wait, what was the question? This guy doesn't listen. Um, are the only two contenders in the Eastern Conference the Bucks and the Celtics? No? Mm. John? There's a third. Cavs? It's not Philadelphia. I, well, I know that. Don't you dare say the Knicks. <laughs> it's the Cavs. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh, no, why not the, the Cavs? Cavs I, we could have why a, not the Knicks? I also, I, do you want me to tell you my... Uh, oh, you have tears for, for the East? East. Okay. Well, I didn't have to do the after wild card shit because we don't care about the rest of those teams. You know, like the Nets, 
the Hawks, the Raptors. We don't really got to get into that. You Respect know, they, the Raptors. No, they're playing team, but we don't got to get on them. We don't, they, they're not good. They're, they're, they're not good. They're 29 and 31. They're <laughs> not good. Um, so, obviously, the best in the East. Celtics and the Bucks have comfortably pretty much assured that they're the top dogs in the Eastern Conference. They're the two best teams in the league. It seems, it looks like we are headed for another boring, dragged on, disgusting play of basketball in the Eastern Conference Finals when the Bucks and the Celtics meet, right? It's boring? Um, it's not good basketball. It's a lot of fighting and physicality and fat. Uh, yeah, you like the you like the West where it's just finesse. all finesse and yeah, shooting. Yeah. You know me, I'm a bad guy. Um, <laughs> and then the top dogs, obviously you got the Cavs and the Philly. I look uh yeah, Cavs. I look at wild cards though. I think the Heat and the Knicks are extremely, extremely wild cards. And that, that's why I didn't answer your question directly. Because I think conversation does need to be had because look at the Bucks, right? You look at the Celtics, they're tough teams. They're probably the best teams in the East, arguably the best teams in the league. So there, there's no di- disputing that. But I look at the Bucks and I think a Chris Middleton injury does what, right? Like if the Bucks go into the second round. I have to play the Cavs, have to play Philly. What if Chris Middleton gets hurt again? You know, what if he, because that's that's a concern now. What if he's banged up again? Then we can see a world where the Cavs are Philly, you know. Or what if the Heat get hot again, right? And they play the Cavs in the first round and they beat the Cavs. You know, that's a real possibility. The, the Heat aren't no slouches. No, We all hate them at the table for the way they play ball. But we can respect the fact that they're a good team come playoff time. We know what Jimmy Butler is. We know what Bam is. We know what Tyler Harrow is. But we know in the playoffs, Eric Spo, you can trust him enough that they can beat a, a good amount of these teams. Trust that hero can, you know, not be as good also. Be something. <laughs> just, yeah, just it, there. Yeah. That's just so hero. I think sure. I liked him. Who liked him? Tyler. No, no, I like no. Tyler Hero. Me and me oh, and Riff God. have been notorious Tyler Hero haters. Yeah, no, I'm but he's given him his respect this season. Yeah, he's he's been he's good. He's been good. But I think the East is such a like I think Boston, like I think the Cavs match up with Boston, but they don't have any um experience really. They don't have any uh, they don't have consistent wing depth, you know. I love Evan Mobley. I think if you put him on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you're okay with that matchup, but at the same time I think that experience is lacking. They don't have a lot of wing depth. You know, they're really Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland reliant. So I, I think, but I think Philly is an interesting wild card too, because I think in a, in a, in a, in a positive world, you would think they can beat the Celtics and the Bucks, right? Or at least the Bucks, because you, you think they match up well with the Bucks. You know, I think Embiid, Giannis, you got Harden, Drew Holiday, the Buck, the Philly, the Sixers should be better than what they truly are. And it's a shame that we look at them the way we look at them, but they just don't have enough playoff resume to really resonate to like oh we think they can beat them we think they could beat them and we own philly you do and i i wouldn't even take philly in a series against you guys but against the bucks now that's interesting i wouldn't take well i, 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 I wouldn't take philly i'm not saying i wouldn't take philly but i think if you're a philly fan respect the Giannis, top two player in the world respect to the bucks their top five team in the league but if you're philly you're looking at the bucks and you're saying this is the matchup not because like, they're not a top team, but we just match up better with them than we do with Boston. This is the matchup that we want because this is the matchup that can propel us to Joel Embiid's first Eastern Conference Finals. You know, so I think in the East, it's really favorable on matchups. Like, the Cavs are hoping the Bucks and Boston see each other in the second round. They're preying on it because they don't match up well with the Bucks at all. But, you know, understandably, East pretty much sucks. It's just two teams. <laughs> it is. And it's really. Pretty- yeah. I just don't understand how you're, like, not all in the Cavs being that third contender. I'm all into a degree. 
I'll say this really quick, John. I mean, regular and then you season, can go. Cavs got our number. The Cavs, the Cavs can't be a contender to me personally because simple as this, Boston is better offensively and defensively. Who? But is, than the Cavs. But don't you think Boston defensively is kind of, Cleveland's been one of the best defensive teams in the league. But then healthy, there is no better defense than the Celtics. That is simple. Healthy, there is no better defense they have than better the Celtics. Wing personnel. Say that one more time. Milwaukee. No, I like Boston's defense. All three of these I understand, teams, but I feel like one through five, when healthy, the Boston Celtics, yeah. everyone can defend. Yeah. That's one, fair. Really, one through like eight. That's fair. Go ahead, John. Are the Celtics the best team in the NBA? I would say yes. So oh. the Cavaliers aren't oh, a contender I, I, do, because I also think they're the best team in the NBA. <laughs> I agree. We know you do. Yeah, we know you so, do. I would agree with you guys. It's the best team right now. So the Cavaliers aren't a contender because the best team in the NBA is better than them. In the same conference. So here's my gripe. So... Last year, did you consider the Grizzlies a contender? I don't think we did. Did we? I had. It was wait and see, right? I had them as a contender. Imagine if the Grizzlies had an elite half court offense and a reliable semblance of rim protection. The King. Ah, the ah, the Grizzlies also had a wing defender. So they still do. We'll talk about the wings in a second. So this Cavaliers half court offense with those two guards, amazing, is amazing because they don't have to juice up the pace and do all the smoke and mirrors. They're like at the bottom of the league in pace. And they don't score a whole lot of points, but they're top 10 offensive rating because when the game slows down and it's all about the half court, those two are dynamic enough of creators. So then the biggest question with the Cavaliers becomes their wings, right? I agree the Cavaliers' wings are a pretty big issue. They have five wings. The first is Karis LeVert. Spark oh my plug. God, he sucks. Spark <laughs> plug that can play make and he can't rely on Enough with that. He can't do anything. Spark Isaac plug is super kind. Go ahead. It, it is kind. You're nice. I know. He talk, can play make was it. also kind. Yeah, that was. Talk about Isaac Okoro. I'm to be nice. He's a good guy. Uh, Isaac Okoro. Respect him. Elite wing defender. Thank you. That is starting to make open threes. Hey, hey, that's all I've been asking for, John. Thank you. Jetty Osman, shooting Jesus plug. Christ. Dean Wade, six foot nine shooter. He does not know how to play basketball. That can cut a little bit and will hold his the, own the defensively. Feel is, the feel is not there. Oh, he's coming off of an injury. Yeah. Too. I mean, the feel is just... It's just and the know. last one is all reliable Danny Green. <laughs> old reliable. That's a old, yeah. Old as old. shit. Not old. Old as <laughs> shit. What is he, 36? So, yeah. between those five wings, I feel like the Cavaliers have a good enough offensive backcourt and a good enough defensive frontcourt for those... T- for those... At least one of the, or two of those five guys to just make spot-up looks and hold their own defensively. With how well they're backwards defending, <laughs> this team is a clear contender. It's, it's not, not a discussion. Of course, only real defender there, Dels, though. I got this, Dells. John, I love you. I love you like a brother. <laughs> like the little, little brother of the group. You have to be serious. Against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that five-wing rotation is dog shit. It's dog shit. It is. You dog know shit. it's dog shit. It is dog shit. It's like legit, not not ideal. Isaac Okoro is he dog shit? He's one. He can't guard both of them, and he's six five. But Evan six, Mobley, six, you've said Evan Mobley is arguably the best defender in the league. That's I know. I I'm standing on that. So that's two. That's two elite defenders right there. Yeah. You put Mobley on Tatum, and you put Okoro on Jalen Brown. Oh, you're 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 dying with that one. Are you content? Are you happy? I'm satisfied. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with the Mobley. So what will happen? The Mobley and Tatum, fine. I think that series goes to six games. I think that'll be a tough series. Yeah. Listen, as a Celtics fan, I've seen this regular season against Cleveland, and they have our number. Now, thankfully, we'll have to see them in a second round, if that first round. There's still some teams like I don't want to play the Heat in the first round. Maybe that's mm-hmm. just back-to-back series with them going seven games. I wouldn't uh, want to play the Knicks if I were you guys. I would uh, much rather play the Knicks than the Heat. Question: I Think so? Yes. With, are the Cavs yeah, comfortable yeah, yeah. facing the Knicks? 
They should. And be. I yeah. say that because, of course, shout out to basketball. our brother Joel Moran. He asked me he to, to me. ensure that I bring this up on the podcast. Sure. Can the Knicks beat the Cavaliers no. if they face in a playoff series? No, no, but it could be very competitive. Just like why your, can't just like they? your argument that the Celtics have a better offense and defense. It's the same thing with the Cavs. The defense of the Knicks is not that good. No way. The offense of the Knicks, though, is shockingly really, it really is, no, good. No, it is, but the Cavs are also great, and they also have better you personnel. Are, you are, I, I think the, the series would be competitive as shit. It would mm-hmm. be. You are relying on Julius Randle it's a fact. to continue this in the playoffs. Small sample size, but he was dog shit the last time. He, he wasn't came. good. And then you still have, like, like I, I look at the Cavs and the Knicks, I think starting lineups, they, they ma- I do think they match up well. I'm not saying they don't match up well. I just look at the Cavs, top 10 in offense and defense. They have a playoff machine in Donovan Mitchell. They do. They have a rim protector in Jared Allen and, and Evan, Evan Mobley. Mobley. They have a bunch of defenders. Donovan Mitchell's a solid defender. And they have they like they have a pick and roll merchant in Darius Garland. They have a playmaking machine. Like they have everything you need except a wing defense. But with the Knicks, they don't have a wing offensive machine. You know what I'm saying? Like Okoro, 6'6, he's big. You trust him on Jalen Brunson. Machine. No, I'm saying for defense. You Got trust him it. on Jalen Brunson. If Jalen Brunson cooks, Jalen Brunson cooks. You know, you're not going to really stop an offensive player. Mobley against Randall, Jared Allen against Randall. You trust that front court. And then on the other side, you know, Quentin Grimes is a really good defender. But RJ Barrett is a, a look, a look, a, like he looks like he's he a really has good the, defender. Got it. He, uh-huh. he has the look, but. Donovan Mitchell. He's not bad defensively. RJ? Donovan, RJ. He's not his. He's not shit defensively. It's been rough yeah. this year, honestly. He has been. It's been surprising how bad he yeah. is. Just like non-engaged and just like kind of slow. He's Brunson been trying to focus slow. on offense. Brunson can get to any. He's, he stinks, it's, so. it's tough. Like the Knicks are a tough team. I think they, they make any series they play competitive. I agree. I think it goes 6-7 yeah. regardless of who they play. And then who would you give the upper hand to? Thibodeau or Bickerstaff? Oh, easily Bigger JB. Staff. Come on. Right now the Knicks would play the Sixers in round one. That's tough for the Sixers. I'm not gonna lie, they're not gonna get out of that easy. No, no. Doc versus Tibbs, the, the battle of terrible Doc coaches. Choke that <laughs> series. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think they get out of that series easy. I think the Knicks, even if they play Boston, six games, Bucks, six games, like they will make any series tough. Even if it's five games, it's the hardest five games of your life. You know? Yeah, I mean they're gonna be competitive. The they're Knicks, physical. The Knicks play very, very tough basketball every single night, and that's why Riv, what you're saying is facts. Any series that they play in, they will make tough. At least that first round is going to be a tough matchup on any team. The reason why it's tough to side with the Knicks, and I say this as the Knicks guy, Mm. the personnel simply just does not match up with that of a Celtics, with that of a Milwaukee, and that's obvious. And now when we're talking about the Cavaliers, if we just want to talk about backcourts, right? Jalen Brunson's been phenomenal. As great as he has been, Donovan Mitchell is just a better player. He's the better version of Jalen Brunson. Bigger. At this, and uh, slightly. Slightly, yes. <laughs> but then you add Darius Garland into that mix, right? Darius Garland would come in and be one of the Knicks' best players. The, the Knicks' best player. I'm not going to go that far, King, because what Julius Randle has done this season has been Brunson. unbelievable. Brunson. He needs that respect. And Jalen Brunson's been better. And Jalen Brunson this season has been better than Darius Garland. We spoke about it. We believe the talent of Darius Garland is no, better you're, you're, than you're of not Brunson. Gonna, I think he's better no. than all of them. We know, we, he, well, but he's not is, better right now. Julius Randle, you need to throw some respect on his name. Garland, I, I, I think it's a, I, you could throw respect, but but still think somebody's better. I think Darius Garland's better than all of them. I think Garland to Brunson is a more fair comparison. If we want to have the two, and Brunson's been better this year. If you take Julius off this team and put Vucevic on this team, they're not a playoff team. Fuck. What does that do with anything? <laughs> the impact of Julius Randle. Yeah, I'm just trying to go similar position. If you took Brunson out, put Vucevic in. 
but that's different, different positions. No, that's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to say the impact of Julius Randle and what he means to oh, the yeah, squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I just, I just didn't like how I used the bum. Well, I'm trying to say similar. Well, exactly. You're trying to discredit Julius Randle to a degree. Yeah, you can say Garland's that he's been playing. It's tough because you got to understand without Julius Randle, the Knicks are not the same team at all. I, okay, I agree. I, I can give yeah, it to that. Of course. I, I don't, yeah. But I don't think, like, I don't, I don't think, think that's what he's arguing. Yeah, I don't think it was disrespectful to think Garland's better than the t- their team. You're taking Randle off the team. You're not putting Randle in the top 30 players. You are with Garland. Am I? Yeah, you are. You, you were asking if DeJounte Murray is a top 40 player a couple months ago, and Garland's, like, at least a tier above that. Yeah. He's a top seven point guard. Stack. Will Garland ever be an all NBA player? Uh, he can be. Older guys phase out, Curry and Dame. Maybe. He definitely can be. I mean, he's, what is he averaging right now? 21 and 9, and he started off slow. He had a bad it, eye. It is pretty tough. You have Shea, Dame, Dame, so Shea. Dame will be gone soon. Shea. Dame's what, 31? The young oh, guys. 33. Yeah. I got Sucks. 33. Go ahead. So you've got Shea Gilgis. Yeah, name all the young guys. You've got Ja, mm-hmm. Trey, Halliburton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then Jalen, who has a lot more opportunity. Jalen who? Brunson. De'Aaron Fox. Oh, yeah. He can be on. He can be on. That's six. That's not, that's not including shooting guards like Devin Booker, like Jalen Brown. No, I understand. But once you name Halle Burton, I feel like he's right there. Did you mention oh, yeah. Luca also? No, I didn't even mention Luca. I feel like Trey Young. Luca, Luca, Ja, Trey Young. SGA. SGA. After that, he can definitely get that, 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 that teetering spot, five, six sometimes. He can get it, yeah. Okay. He can be all NBA. I just, um, I, listen. Did you say Donovan? Oh, shit. Yeah, Donovan the shooting well, guard. That was just but that's a guard. But I'm saying that's guards. Yep. Outside of Donovan Mitchell Devin and Devin Booker, Booker, I think outside of those two, he can be better than any other guard, any other two guard. Uh, listen, I'm not. All right, let me. I don't. I don't want to make come off like I'm Jalen Brunson hater. No, he's been having a phenomenal season this year. I he's just think. Lover. Yeah, I just think. Or a Julius Randle hater. Oh, well, which is I, fair. yeah, yeah, which is fair. But I didn't mean to compare Randle and Garland because he's been different. better than he was the year that he was All NBA. Yeah, he's got to do in the playoffs. I just think Garland is a. Better. Pl- I just think like the situation helps Brunson. He has to do that. Garland is kind of the second fiddle. So and even then they're putting up similar numbers. But Br- Brunson's been amazing. I can't take that away from Garland's never had a stretch like that. But I think in a vacuum you put two of them in. I think Garland is a better basketball player than J- Jalen Brunson. But Brunson's been amazing. So Tyrus is as close to a complete offensive guard as will come. Right? He's not the best finisher. He struggles at around like fifty nine percent. Outside of that, he is. He's 54% this year. He's superb everywhere. Mid-range, finishing, or not finishing, but mid-range, floater, touch. Sounds shooting. like Jalen Brunson. But even with Brunson, he's not like this phenomenal shooter. He's a good shooter. He's he is not, a good shooter. He's not a phenomenal Garland clears shooter. As a player but in these last 20 games, shooting-wise, there have been very few that shoot the ball better than Jalen Brunson. Sure, 20-game sample size. And with, 20's a firm amount. That's with, why I wanted to make sure. I was on 42% from three this year. That's pretty great. That's a no. That's phenomenal. That's amazing. No, yeah. When you around, when you allow Randall to you know do his little jab step and stuff, I love it. Do he's it. been killing it. Twenty six points per game, and it's great how well he's played. But the reason we dismiss him is because the last time he was in the playoffs, he put on one of the most embarrassing playoffs. I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> I've never seen something like that ugly. And so it's not that you need to see him perform the plus. You need to see if he can even hang. Because he's that, got a different mindset now. Well, he's you got a point so? guard now, but there was an interview, yeah, and, and I'm going, I'm, I'm, oh, the mental, yeah, facts. But you know, even in that series, Derrick Rose was their best player at point guard. He was doing such a great job, and Julius was quite literally the worst playoff performer I've seen since like Darren Williams with the Cavs in the finals. It was that bad. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. 
Like, maybe you're a raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. There's also now the fact that it's not all on his shoulders with the fact that now Jalen Brunson is actually someone that he can actually rely on. And, of course, R.J. Barrett was on the team last time they were in the playoffs, but you couldn't rely on R.J. R.J. had one really good game, and that was the game that they won game two. You can rely on him now? You can't. Oh, okay. That's exactly okay. my point. You can't rely on R.J., but at least now he has someone that he can rely on, and now he doesn't have to feel this pressure of, if I play bad, we have no chance to win, which, listen, that statement is still true, but even still, there's a little bit more leniency if I'm Jaylen, if I'm Julius Randle where I don't feel as as that if I don't play good, that I'm screwed. It's not as much pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. That's that, for essentially that's exactly what I want to say. With Jalen Brunson now, not all the pressures on Julius. Now it's a little bit shifted to both of them, and really they can understand that they go into any series. Everyone's not picking them. No one is going to pick the New York Knicks in any series, so they can continue to keep that underdog mentality that they have basically played with. All season long, the way that Julius Randle has played with a chip on his shoulder this season, the way that Jalen Brunson has played with a chip on his shoulder this season, these two guys have been phenomenal offensively. The thing that does worry me is the fact that their defense has not been as great as it's been, or at least it was the year that they did make into the playoffs, which is shocking. But you would hope that come playoff time, they become a little bit more focused on that aspect. And I trust that the offense will translate because Jalen Brunson's offensive game, he already showed it last year that it can have success in the playoffs. The question is Julius Randle. And I think that this year, since he's in a, he, it seems as if he has a new mindset to the game. He's not taking things so personally now. He's allowing the game to come to him. It's allowed him to play a little bit more free-flowing and a little bit more confidently. And it should translate into the playoffs. It should. So do we think, because right now we feel pretty confident Celtics and Bucks move on. So I think the real question is, if we're talking about first-round matchups, is there any team that can upset the Sixers or Cavs? We've been talking a lot about the Knicks, right? I think the Nets are the five seed right now. There's a very strong chance they fall out to maybe like the seven seed or something like that. Uh, the Heat are currently the seven seed. But is there any team that you guys see can get past them? Is it just the Knicks? Is it the Heat, heat with experience? I would say Heat, Knicks. Uh... The Heat and the Knicks are those two teams for me. Um, that's probably it. So we're going to go through the first round matchups okay. so we can get to that conversation also. So we're going to do the play in first. So as it stands right now, the God. seventh seeds, the heat, the eighth seeds, the Hawks, the ninth seeds, the Raptors, the 10th seeds, the Wizards. We'll go through this really quickly because these teams are, are very poopy. Yeah. Nine, nine and 10 would be the Raptors and the Wizards. I would go the Raptors. I think they're the better coach team. I still think that they have the better starting Raptors. five. I'm going Raptors. Don't the seven <sighs> play the 10? The Wizards no, are just goes nine, seven, and ten, nine, ten, oh, seven, eight. First, all oh, right, and then lose. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Wizards is built for that moment to pull through. That'd Scre- be their screaming at what you're saying. Their NBA finals. What do you, what do you mean they're built for that moment? It's the in playing. Toronto. Even stuff. I like the Wizards. Like even with Bradley Beal being out, with how well Porzingis has played, he has been really good. I feel like that Wizards team uh, would actually beat the Raptors personally. Not that it matters at all, but mm, yeah. I think the defense of the Raptors still is still good enough to put up a good fight against this squad. The fact that Jakob Pertl is now added to the squad, yeah. he's added an extra layer to the to the team that they haven't had and they've looked for these last couple of seasons. I still feel confident that the offensive firepower will be enough to get past the Wizards. Van Vliet, obviously, still one of the better scorers. 
that's a strong term. Still a good scorer. Gary Trent Jr. I know. Still, <laughs> I just had to clarify my statement. Gary Trent obviously still can get a bucket himself. Scotty Barnes, although inconsistent, he can have a game where he can still get his and still great playmaker, great defender, great playmaker for his position, great playmaker for his size. And then, of course, Pascal Siakam. We're talking about all-NBA Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. got to say much when it comes to that. So I still think I would go the Raptors. I would go the Raptors. Well, I think personnel-wise, and just trust them more than the Wizards. This Wizards team, is, it's year in and year out. We know what they're going to be. I trust the Raptors' experience and overall just talent. That's, that's another thing as well. If Raptors? Raptors. Okay. So then the 7-8 and eight would be the Heat versus the Hawks. I'm just going to go with the Heat here. Pretty safe for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost same I could, argument. I could see a Hawks Raptors. upset, but I'll go Heat. You, I could see it because that means that Trey Young had an unbelievable game. He showed it last year that... He, he can, can just have that one moment, and he can carry the team past the, past the ironically, the Cavaliers, who Darius Garland was a no-show. Um, but, yes, I'm going with the Heat here. Heat? Yep, Heat. Yeah, Heat. Heat. Okay. So then, for us, that would mean that it'd be the Raptors versus the Hawks. Hawks. And then you would go the Hawks. Damn, that's, that's close. tough, That is bro. tough. Toronto. I, I like think that. so too. That, defense, that matchup is good for the, that for the Raptors. Is very, very, very stingy for uh, Trey Young. I'd make him struggle. Actually, no. Fuck no. I'm going to jump. And this there. is assuming Quinn not their head coach yet. It's another thing. Yeah, Joe Prunty is who. I, I think I would side with the Raptors, especially we don't know who the head coach of the Hawks is going to be I just right know now. Trey Young struggles against the Heat, so I would take the Heat uh, in I terms agree. of the Raptors. Yeah, last year Trey Young was bad against the um, Heat. This one's kind of tough. Hawks Raptors would be a fun game. I'll probably go Raptors. I'll take the I'll take the upset. I'm gonna trust the Raptors. I'm gonna trust Nick Nurse in that situation as well. So, for you, you said you'd have the the Wizards and the forget about them. Yeah, on. the Wizards and the, <laughs> the Hawks. Hawks one. Okay, all right. Just making sure. All right. So then that would mean the first round matchup for the Celtics would be the the Raptors. So and I'm thinking pretty clearly we're all four. going Celtics. <laughs> yeah, nah, Celtics and four sounds right, honestly. Yeah. So Honestly, that, God, thank God. Hopefully, the Celtics uh, biasly get a much easier path. Don't have to go seven games, you know, seven. I mean, I know we swept the, the Nets in the first round, but uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get the past the Raptors and try to rest some of these guys. So then the Bucks would play. Wait, what was the matchup? Celtics, Raptors. Celtics, Raptors. Six games. Six? Six. You're bugging. Nah, y'all bugging. Who's. <laughs> them, them dudes play hard. They for do play hard. Games. I know. They you don't have to hard. tell me. I'm the Raptors They're guy. They're not talented enough. They don't need to be to make it six. They made it six last year as Philly with like three. They're going yeah, so much better. Nah, but that the yeah, difference match, is they match yes, up they are better, but guys. also but they're game three. The Raptors wise, blowing match up was brutal. Just better oh, than was and beat hit the game winning three. Yeah, that was brutal. That was rough. You're, just, you're better like offense. Their defense, yeah, Nothing defense. Matters. They're, 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 they're more unmatched defensively. They're a playoff defense. They're not really a regular. I think I think they'll make it competitive. You know, they have maybe five. They have maybe I'll give you five. They have, they'll get a game. Bro, they have the only defenders in the East that can probably make Tatum. All right, listen, bro. Listen, bro. Really clearly, really easily. Yeah, uh, I mean, KD, yes, KD and Kyrie got swept. They were all really good games. They were great. They were great games. They got swept. Okay. The Raptors are not KD and Kyrie. I. You're saying I six games. Yeah, I think I'll make a six. All right. I, I think the Raptors will get one. I, I think I'll get them one. Yeah, no, they'll, 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 they'll gut out one. It's yeah. just of hard work. They're going to get one. So it's like. Maybe. Yeah, maybe Honestly, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So I've then, seen them gut out hard work two, for two. I, like, I've seen them just outwork for two games, you know? So, I don't Celtics know. are better than Philly significantly. Yeah. But, okay. you know, they match up. Toronto matches up better than, with the Celtics than Philly. What are we Big? doing? Is that Embiid you're saying? I don't know. Yaka Pertle now makes things interesting. Holy yeah. fucking moly. Yaka you're saying Yaka in matchups. In matchups. But I'm saying they, 
Toronto wants to play all wings. Of course. So that's why Boston pretty much has all side well, guys on the wings. Do they want to now? They were throwing. They want, not, not, probably not now. That's what I'm saying. Now you don't have. Like, Jakob allows you the flexibility to not have to force your way into that. Yeah, Jakob's cool. He is cool. All right. And I don't want to make it sound like he's this all-world player. OG and Siakam, no. Defensively, it's, OD. it's nasty. Okay. Awesome. And Celtics don't forget about on. Gary. Celtics and don't forget about Fred. Celtics, Celtics move on. All right, so then we're talking about the Bucks versus the Heat, another rematch, which would be pretty I'm sick. sick of this shit too. Yeah, me too. I'm uh, not going to talk about ugly basketball. Yeah, this. I mean, all, anything with the Bucks, right? it's only just this. <laughs> this one could go six. I think every first round series could go six. And no, uh, I would take the Bucks in five or six against. I the would Heat. take the Bucks in five, yes, but I, I would not be. What's Middleton's not, status? He's good. He's playing. I'll take it five six. Yeah. They're on a thirteen game heater, by the way. For those that aren't there. Aware, 13 games in a row they've won. Uh, and they they were beating Phoenix last time I and, checked. And Giannis also did get... He does struggle he, against Miami, though. He does, but something to be aware about. He came back from his wrist injury. Let's go. Then he also did have a knee injury in his last game that he played. He's not playing against the Suns. So that's something to look out for. Hopefully that he's going to be all right. I'm assuming he's all right. We haven't heard any breaking news that he's going to be out for weeks, but he is not playing against the Suns. So I'm pretty sure we're all going Bucks this series. Yes. This would be a great series. Sixers versus the Knicks. This is one that could go seven games. I think Joel Embiid puts on a virtuoso. Uh, Embiid will have to carry. Um, but him and Harden are just they're just so magical together, honestly. The pick and roll, they're unstoppable. Yeah, they are OD. Because um, Embiid, could, he could roll or he could just stop and hit that little midi. So when Mitchell Robinson automatic. being back is going to be huge for them. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson. Um, Embiid he's is a good gonna, defender. Yeah, but he's still going to cook. You know what? Yeah. But I, I would take the Sixers and talk to me six seven games. Talk to me, nice. You know, I think this is the one that blows Philly up. Oh shit! I think it's not the second round yet, though. No, this is the first. But that's why it blows them up because you lose in the first round to the New York Knicks. Doc's fired oh. and beat <laughs> traded. Harden gone. You know what? I'll take New York. Seven. You're taking the Knicks to six. eliminate the 76ers in the and first Joel round. beat an MVP can in the first round. You said that like they that that moves me. I'll be honest with oh, you. Oh, it doesn't move me either. I think this game this year's <laughs> going to six games too. Look, this is the battle of two horrible playoff coaches, and all due respect. Doc Rivers is a fraud. He's been a fraud respect for a while. Tibbs from Chicago. Tibbs, sure, yeah. Derek Rose got hurt. From Chicago, yes. You know, Philadelphia doesn't have that wing defender. We saw that last night in the last play, but the Knicks don't have a wing score. Um, Daniels? Even at then, we don't uh-huh. we haven't seen him play in the I'm playoffs yet, and he wasn't even in the game last night. Remember, yeah, so, so I think the Sixers are going to win this comfortably in six games, and then we'll lose in that game. I don't know. I, I, something about this Knicks team gives me that that fire that they can upset a team, and I think Philly's the one. You know, respect the Embiid. It's really MVP weird team. hearing you give the Knicks respect. I've actually given the Knicks respect before. It's just um, Joel cooks the Bulls so much; it's hard to remember. You know, okay. Um, Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle, they've been one of the best duos in the league this year. They have been. Um, playoffs matter. Mitch Robinson, tough matchup for Embiid. A little skinny, but lengthy, long. I'll take the Knicks upset, man. Fuck it. And real, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead, bro. I didn't start talking. Go ahead. It's really the Joel Embiid and his long-term team. So, I can say it afterwards. Okay. Uh, this would be an unbelievable series. I think it goes seven games. Mm. That's how good it is. And for that fact, I think Philly wins because playing in Wells Fargo is a super tough matchup. They did blow it to the Hawks in Wells Fargo. Yep. But that was also with a historically bad Ben Simmons. And also... Was that historically bad or just Ben Simmons? 
it ended up being the moment <laughs> where in history we find it that that was the moment Ben Simmons became ben Simmons. the Ben Simmons we know now. And also, we, we don't give enough light on Embiid being mid also, where he had his moments of being really He's firm. Torn, partially torn meniscus. Too. And it's always something with him, no doubt. And I'm a Joel Embiid guy. Bad ankle. I'll say this. I think Joel Embiid, why it's essential he wins the series is because what you said. This guy just was runner-up MVP two seasons in a row. It's a strong candidate to win the MVP this season. He's been phenomenal. I even had a tweet saying, minus Kevin Durant, and I want to make sure I, I correct myself on this, and Steph Curry. There's a strong argument for Joel Embiid being the next best scorer in the league. And people can argue, oh, he's a free-throw merchant. He averages 11 attempts a game. Why it's impressive to me is that he's a 7-foot guy shooting 85% from the free-throw line. He's a wing. That's like a feat. That is ridiculous. And his, and you can just basically sign and seal it. Whenever he's around the free-throw line, that jumper's going in. And to shoot 34% from three at 7 feet tall is also very impressive. He's not an elite three-level scorer, but he is a he very competent three-level scorer. And you can expect anything within a, where, anywhere around the rim, let me say. There's a strong chance it's going in. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you may call him a free-throw merchant. But regardless of that fact, he's still shooting 50, 54% from the field and 85% from the free-throw line on 11 attempts. If you don't like it, that's on you. But nevertheless, he's 7 feet tall nailing these free-throws. So I give him a lot of credit on that end as well. I just feel like the Sixers can't lose this one. The Knicks are going to make it very tough on any team they play. I said that earlier, and I do firmly believe that. But regardless, I think Embiid is the best player in this series very easily, and he should assert his dominance, and they should get past is the Is the second best player in the series? He should be. Should be. But I don't know if he is. Okay. He should be, but I don't know if he is. Ooh. Harden, second best player in the series. He, he should be. Will it be the same but answer at the Correct. end of the series? Correct. I don't know. He Brunson the, could he's walking could in. Up. He is the second best player in the series. But Brunson can average thirty. Brunson could go crazy, yeah. but it also depends on the, the the defensive matchup that they assign to Brunson. I feel like either which way now, I don't know if there's any off the top of my head. Let me respect Anthony Melton, who's been playing really solid defensively. They did trade Thibault. PJ Tucker is not going to really be assigned to to Brunson. So we'll see how that works out. The next matchup. As of right Real now, quick, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I have to ask you this question. Okay. All of you guys. Could we be seeing the end of Joel and being in Philadelphia? His coach is Doc Rivers, which is bad news in the playoffs. James Harden's leaking all these reports. He's going to go to Houston. His camp is at least. Tyrese Max is redundant with Harden as is. And will he ever be an all-star? We don't know the answer. You have no wing defender and very little depth. This Philadelphia team is hanging by the thread of, J- of Joel Embiid, while he's been great with Harden, we've seen Harden in the past win on teams. Yeah, I think they have to get to the Eastern Conference Finals for this team to stay together. Not, a, I don't even think, even if they get past this first round, if they lose again in the second round, we could still be having this conversation. The Knicks are probably going to be one of the teams we talk about this upcoming offseason, possibly going them. Who knows if Philly and, and New York actually do a trade, obviously being you know historic rivals over the years. But you make a good point, John. I think the Sixers team, we've seen it year in and year out, and... I don't know if it's because Embiid's a big and there's a limitation. If you're big as your best player, how far can you get in the playoffs when, you know, everything is such a three-point shooting league, even though the East is more physical and, as we talked about earlier, not as much finesse in shooting as the West. Um, if they lose in the first round, though, against the Knicks, I think you could basically stamp it. Um, maybe they go for a quick retooling. They fire Doc, trade, uh, or I guess Harden's free agent, you know, move some pieces around and try to build a different team around 
Embiid, but it's going to be hard to find a better fit, I think, than Harden and Embiid, at least as your second best player. But first round exit, you could basically seal it at is things are going to change. Doc gets fired without a doubt. Could this be the end? Absolutely. It absolutely could. But of course, there's certain situations that you can look at and think that, hey, we'll give this another run. Let's say the Sixers make it to the ECF and they lose in a respectable six games. I feel like then you, if you are the front office, you can, you can understand, hey, they, they put up a good fight. Yes, we, we have expectations to make the finals, especially with Joel Embiid and James Harden as our guys. Tyrese Maxey, me and River talking about it a little bit before. I asked him a question jokingly, is Tyrese Maxey mid? Of course, I don't think Tyrese Maxey's mid, but the inconsistencies allow me to even have that thought enter my head where, yes, you're going against a very solid team in the Boston Celtics. That's understandable, but you can't have eight points as the third best scorer on your team. It's that simple. You can't be so streaky, so inconsistent. When you're on, you're great. No doubt about it. But you can't have these moments where against great teams, the best of the best, you go and you have a stinker like that. That's the only another aspect that worries me about the 76ers. Mm-hmm. But if they lose in the first round, it's done. Joel Embiid's gone. Doc Rivers is fired. If they lose in the second round, it depends on the matchup. It depends on the situation. That's another one. Where if they go against Milwaukee and they lose in a 6-7 games and it's a great series, then I think that then Embiid would still be likely to stay with the team, but more so maybe Doc is gone. Mm-hmm. Because then it's a coaching thing, especially if it's a 6-7 game series. Maybe some minor adjustments could have been made that you were able to overcome that hump. So really, I think that it's more so a Doc Rivers is he gone type of question where I feel like we ask that question constantly, but I feel like the first round exit is the only situation I feel like Embiid would, would ask to be traded. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I see it. The next okay. the next matchup would be the Cavaliers and the Nets as of right now. Oh, Cavs in four. Yeah. Where I still don't feel the Nets are going to be a top six lock right now where it currently stands. They are. The Knicks are half game out of being the fifth seed, but the Heat are three games behind the Nets for them to be that top six and the Nets to drop into the play in, just so um, you guys are aware. I'll say this and then jump back on this real quick. If MB doesn't make a, a ECF this year, I think he's gone regardless. I, I think either him or Doc, because I think at this point you've been a runner-up for MVP. You know, you've been one of the top players in the league, and you're the only guy in the top ten that hasn't made a conference finals. Yep. You know, and we're not going to say it's all his fault. It's not all his fault, but sometimes it is your fault. So we got to kind of look at you like, yo, bro, what's like, what's going on? We've given you Harden, we've given you Jimmy Butler, we've given you all these guys, and the Jimmy Butler shit's him. unfortunate though. Yeah, that that's what, but he got locked up in that series. Okay, Toronto, they locked okay. him up pretty bad. Tragic. Yeah, it was not ideal. Ibaka, Marcus All, prison. That was a great. They, they put up a great. <laughs> they put up a great unit. Yeah, yeah. And he's a better player now. Probably they're gone though, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gone. They they left knowing they did that. You know, so no, they, and they won a championship. Shout out to them. Yeah, uh, Cavs easily beat the yeah, Nets. They have no I offense. Agree. Um, Mr. Mikael Bridges will not lead them to the promised land. Ben Simmons probably won't play in that series, and even if he does, whoop de doo for Cavs. That makes them worse. Um, Cam Thomas getting reverted to the bench is really weird. I think Vaughn Talk about DFS, bro. Yeah, he's not good. I think Vaughn values defense a lot, though, and hence why Cam Thomas is not a starter because Cam Thomas is not a good defender. He got an extension too. It's good. They must have believed in him. Um, but, yeah, the Nets just don't have enough firepower in the playoffs to fully galvanize a group to win a series. I don't even think they'll win two games. They might get one probably in Brooklyn. You know, defensively, I think they'll be great. But the Cavs just got too much offense. Donovan Mitchell and Garland will be able to pick and choose, pretty much attack this Nets defense. Mm-hmm. But Claxton's really good. You know, I think Claxton defensively, 
Dorian Finney-Smith can off, can provide some defensive length. Ben Simmons, if he was somewhat reliable, would be a good defensive guy to stop Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. But in terms of Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Donovan Mitchell, and Garland will be able to have a field day with those guys. So I got the Cavs in five. You're sleeping on the Nets defense. I am not. Sleeping on that to what? They just lost by 40 points to the Bulls. You're going to value one game against Chicago? Mm. The fact that you lost to the Bulls by 40, uh, you should value yeah, it right. highly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, how many, John, how many games is there? Claxton, Mikel Bridges, and then Cam Johnson, DFS, Dinwiddie, Ben Simmons. I mean, Fun defense. two years left. Who's Score, defense. Who's scoring points? That defense is elite. They'll have to go offense. They already so. talked about the two guys no. being left <laughs> out of the lineup of Cam Thomas and Ben Simmons. These are the two guys that right now are being left have to out play of the rotation. Yeah, Ben shouldn't be in the rotation, but Cam South Thomas Curry. should. They'll have to play Spencer Dinwiddie. Those are matchups that Garland and... Mitchell can easily yeah. exploit. Yeah. Tim Woody got the best Jalen Brunson la- or uh, Donovan Mitchell last year. Because so defensively, you, wait, 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 hold on. The defensively, I, I love when yeah, people I say know. that. Go ahead. Then, then when he was guarding Mitchell, no, he was on the other other side. Oh, he okay. was number two when they beat him two to one. Oh, okay. games. Interesting. So that's what we're doing. How many games this season? I make points. Down? Five games. Okay. You do oh, make points. So that's, that's all I wanted to hear. So <laughs> I'm sleeping, but you have one more <laughs> game to do. The Nets defense not getting attacked the way you worded it. Be clear now. You did I'm, say I, they could pick apart. Pick apart. And then I, exp- I I did call out the guys who they're going to exploit, right? Oh, Claxton. I didn't say Claxton. I Not said with Mikel. I said Dinwiddie. How was... How Dinwiddie's was, a pretty good defender. Wait, how is Mikel Bridges going to help Curry in a switch? He's... He doesn't. doesn't. That was fucked up, Riv. No, he, what you did was fucked up. What's going on? Why I'm you, trying to think of his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? You got stuck. You good? I buddy? forgot his nickname. I know. Yeah. All right, what's his actual name? Uh, I think it was the warden, but <laughs> the actual name is Mikel Bridges. Oh, okay. oh, got it, got yeah. it. What is he going to do? I mean, if the other four guys on the floor are elite or very good defensively, I think he'll be fine with that one switch. I don't know, because the Nets will have to oh, prioritize okay. offense more than defense to win a series. They will. Well, yeah. Which I can't. And if you're gonna, if you're you're telling me, they're putting out Ben Simmons. You, did you name Ben Simmons? No. Oh, thank God! I thought you were gonna say they're gonna put out Ben Simmons. I mean, yeah, he can sit on the bench. Yeah. Okay. I mean, off, how are they gonna score though? They won't. <laughs> so you, it's hard to win games. You can't yeah, score. Yeah, especially <laughs> in the playoffs. They, I mean, Bridges, you told me. You told me, man to man. You said the leap is coming. So is this the leap? Is this Bridges? Bridges are best shot. But he's I not. said Mikel could be a great number three. I didn't say. Oh, he'd well, take this is the moment you become. If Bridges is great, he averages like 22. And that's him being great. That's nuts. I just don't see this series being... I think it would be hilarious. No, it will be funny to see the Nets and all these pieces that all these Nets fans were so happy to acquire in the Kyrie and Great role players. No, to see them absolutely get smoked in four games. Great role players, but we know it's playoff time. You need superstars. You need guys who could drop 40. The Nets don't have anybody. People were happy that. that the Nets... Nets fans were happy that they traded Kyrie Irving for DFS and Spencer Dimwitty. They were happy with that. Yeah. Nets fans were happy with trading Kevin Durant for Mikael Bridges, Cam Thomas. Happy? No, they were happy. Well, they could trade Cam for like... They were like, hey, uh, this is uh, a good package. Firsts. If we're going <laughs> to trade Kevin Durant, this is the one. I should, like should it. Should they have made that move? Bridges for three first? No. I think you hold on to the offseason and then you'll have a better idea of what the market is and you have the optionality to keep him depending on how much what it if helps. The, what if the, the deal, like they... they don't send like what if teams are desperate for yeah. wings. The deal people would some yeah someone three first is going to be out there in their offseason. Maybe you get more exactly yeah. yeah. I mean, if nobody was willing to do three first for OG, because I'm sure Brooklyn's going to ask. There's for a already player. a report that they had a deal for three first and turned it down. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Memphis turned it down. 
No, Memphis no, off the, and four. Nets. Nets turn it down. Nets turn it down. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Just, I don't know. The Nets are weird. I think they, they're trying to retool and get a superstar in the offseason. That mm-hmm. is no, I mean, even so, you could still trade Mikael and get first, but you still need another guy next to that star if you get one. Mm-hmm. I actually couldn't have to pee worse. Here we go. 10 out of 10 bad, but we're, I'm going to champ it through. Okay. We only have a couple topics. Left. I want you to know that I can't even laugh. Because of how bad I have to pee. Oh, man, that sucks. That's how bad it is. Do we want to do it this week in the NBA? And you yeah, pee? that's exactly what we're going to do. Gonna do that. Okay. I appreciate it. No, no, I'm, I'm going to hold it because oh, we, okay. we only have two. No, we're the show. holding it together. We're holding it together. If, if I'm not going to piss, that you're not going to That shit hurts my stomach, though. Yeah, mine, too. So then why the fuck are we doing like? Because we, we doing? need to do it for the sake of the show, not respect for we ourselves. But for that right there. We're live. Exactly why we need to respect ourselves and not go off the camera. Let's go. This week in the NBA. What's this week in the NBA, Riff? Talk to me. This week in the NBA is you have to piss. I don't have one. All right, you, you know what? Then I'll one? go first. That's fine. <laughs> we talked my, about I what it's going to be. I, literally, I thought we were going to just go group talk about um. Yes, we did do that, but you were going to bring it up, and that was going to be your This Week in the NBA. This Week in the NBA, start over. <laughs> we edit that out. <laughs> we're not editing it out. I told you. Riv, I told you I can't laugh. Riv, I told you I can't laugh, and you go and you make a joke. You got to cut the shit. <laughs> I almost pissed myself. I have to piss, too. You want to hold shit You guys can pee. Like, you're acting like it's going to be 40 seconds. That's what I'm trying to explain. No, Dale's not got this. I might piss for a minute and a half. You guys going to pee together? You're going to cross streams in there? It'd be one at a time. That would be mad effective. That would be mad effective. All right, so you have to look each other in the eyes so you don't look. All right, talk to me. You're this weekend in the NBA is what, bro? Clint Snyder. Oh, got it. Potentially going to the Hawks. I'm actually curious. I want to hear John's response on this because I know you're a big DeJounte hater. And um, you've been very, very adamant in the past, I remember, of the Jazz defense. And I remember me and you, we had a show one day. We were talking about how broken the Jazz were defensively. So talk to me. What can Quinn Snyder provide for the Hawks? can Can he make a quick fix this year to maybe they can go into the playoffs? upset not the top dogs, but maybe one of them other teams? This year, no. It would be more of an evaluation for the offseason. I think Quinn Snyder is amazing because top 10 offense, top 10 defense, year in, year out in Utah. Atlanta should be that in theory. They haven't been. And with how bad the offense looked, it was constant hero ball. Your turn, my turn. Snyder's not doing that. Mm-hmm. Snyder is innovative. He's got you know the hair. It speaks. He's a really smart guy. He's crazy in terms of prepar- uh, preparing. I think DeJounte would be maximized. And with a real head coach, Trey Young had one of his best seasons. And do you think he has the Crying personnel? Crying at the hair. Because analogy. in Utah, he didn't have the personnel. We mm. can all agree he yeah. didn't really have the personnel. You think this Atlanta Hawks team is the personnel for him? I think there are a couple pieces away. And Yucca, maybe he can develop into that versatile Swiss Army knife. But I, like I do that. think they need a better story and center than the Conway. If they can get... What's wrong with Clint Capella? He's slow. He's... Also, he's, still, he's a really he's good. He's an overrated big. defender. Just an old school. But his big. shot blocking is still very good. It's I, if it were very good, he's a good rebounder. Defensive <laughs> really rating. good rebounder. He is a good rebounder. Great rebounder. You're right. No, yeah, incredible rebounder. Yeah, big that. time. It's just can he unlock the Andre Hunter? That's the that That's was actually question. the real question. Because he now they, look, he's never had a listen. Mm-hmm. Credit to Royce O'Neal, but let's be fucking serious. He's never had first. Yeah, Nets clowns. He's never had a great wing defender. Like DeAndre mm-hmm. Hunter. You know, I think we all can agree when DeAndre Hunter plays, he's on his shit. He's a great wing defender, can space the floor, can create in spurts for himself. Mm-hmm. So can he be, because Quinn Snyder, I agree. I think he's a great hire. He's uh, he, he got slighted in Utah. I always thought he was a great coach. Mm-hmm. He got slighted in Utah because they didn't have the personnel. They didn't have a backup center. They didn't have wing depth. They didn't have great wing defenders. So he didn't have the personnel to truly fix. And plus, Rudy Gobert was getting paid $40 mil. You have to play him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but I think in Atlanta... You know, being able to maximize DeJounte, being able to provide more offensive spacing, pace and flow, moving the ball a lot. But the, unlocking DeAndre Hunter, 
I think is the key because that's mm-hmm. the guy who's their wing defender, the guy who kind of puts all the piece together because now you have Trey, you have DeJounte, the, the guard stopper, option. and then now you have a wing stopper in DeAndre Hunter. So they, it's They took Hunter in the top five to become that yes. years ago. Now the front office has changed since then, but I think the answer is yes. Quinn Snyder would maximize Hunter because, I mean, from Joe Ingles to Boyan to Rose O'Neal, those Utah teams maximize their personnel. And with Hunter, what he's always lacked is that large enough offensive role and the health. The durability component, we don't know. Yeah. But I do know with the coaching, I mean, Snyder was in the regular season elite. In the postseason, there's some questions about, you know, his lineups. Teams, his teams emotionally were combustible, and he wasn't really, you know, I don't know what the right wordage would be here. Combustible is a good word. They weren't emotionally intact by the end of the 10-year. I feel like Snyder didn't really tap into that well enough. But in terms of just worn out by him? Maybe a little bit. Maybe he was worn out by them. You saw his faces Uh, every year? Oh, yeah, 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 man. He went from being energetic (laughs) and, you know, constantly talking out to things like, all right, when's this going to end? But in the postseason, the real question is, for an Atlanta team that has a clear ceiling with Trey Young, you now bring in a coach in Quinn Snyder who was always like Mike Boonholzer, a phenomenal regular season coach with great schemes, but... He never had that, I guess, foresight long-term to the playoffs where he had different lineups, he could, different optionality to toggle between. Those Jazz teams only had one way, one approach, and when that didn't work, they fell apart, and he got out coached in multiple different series because they didn't have, like I said before, those different looks they can go to when something didn't work. Now, does Limbi. this hiring, potential hiring, I should say, does it change your opinion or outlook on Trey Young? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just um, on Trey Young, no. What can he... What, I mean, I think, like, okay, so remember Mike Conley? He was very um, playmaking-centric. I mean, he's always been a good playmaker, but he was very not look for a shot, help others get in, get them into it. I think he can provide that for Trey Young, but I don't think anybody can help Trey Young, and I, and I say this because— Other than him? No, I say this because— Other himself, I mean. Yeah, because, like, no coach can truly— Give him five inches and 60 pounds. <laughs> yeah, like, no, tro- no, no you coach You don't need can... the height to be a better teammate. Okay. That, but that's one thing yourself. That's what I'm saying. Like, no coach that's, can I, teach I'm that. with you there. In terms of leadership, in terms of intangibles, that's all within you. Yes. And Trey Young, from what it seems up until this point, has lacked that. Reasons why he's had difficulty with, with the different head coaches that he's had. Why this becomes a little bit more interesting or why it's harder to gauge. And the thing that most intrigues me about this is the relationship between Trey Young and Quinn Snyder. Because you mentioned it. When, when Quinn was over there in Utah, there was a, a disconnect between the two best players because of their their own issues, not mm-hmm. because of the coach. That wasn't on Quinn, where Donovan and Rudy had their issues because of the whole situation that happened prior to the shutdown. Yeah. And it feels like there was a lack of trust there, at least from what the reports had come out with. Now, similarly, where at least Quinn has dealt with stars before, but not quite like Trey. Ooh. where, tra- where In terms tra- of ego? Correct. Okay. In terms of ego and also with the fact that Trey Young, his ego, yes, sometimes gets in gets in his way. But at the same time, his talent's so undeniable that it's going to be very... If I'm Quinn Snyder, my primary focus is, yes, you want to develop DeAndre Hunter. Yes, you want to maximize the ceiling of these players. But you cannot maximize the ceiling of the Atlanta Hawks without getting to Trey Young. Whoever that head coach is that changes Trey Young is going to be the one that continues to stay with the Atlanta Hawks for the remainder, at least for Trey Young's tenure. Mm-hmm. Because the importance of the Atlanta Hawks is to not come away with the idea of, man, we could have Luka Doncic. Man, we traded Luka Doncic to acquire this guy who is our franchise guy. And I think we had conversations off the podcast saying that 
people like to say, I think this was on the playback, actually, now that I think about it. People like to have the conversation of, is this the most even trade in, in, in NBA history? No. It was actually a fleecing by the Dallas Mavericks because they got Luka Doncic. And I'm sure the Dallas Mavericks, they had Trey Young. Although Trey Young is a very good player in his own right, he's simply not Luka Doncic. So with that alone, you need to do whatever you can for the Atlanta Hawks to put Trey Young in the best position possible. Mm -hmm. But yes, I believe Trey Young does need to look in the mirror. I think Trey Young needs to become a better leader himself. But what's undeniable is his talent on the basketball court. And he has been cooking recently where he started horrendously on a bad stretch. I think it was early in the season, 42% from the field, 31% from three. He's increased it to, I believe, what, 40 and, and the a certain span of games, I think it was, what, 46 and 35% from the field. With the volume that he's at, that is still impressive to me. His playmaking is still impressive to me. I just think that Quinn's main focus, where it should be, yes, the development of a DeAndre Hunter, the development of these young players on the Atlanta Hawks, incorporating these lineups where DeJounte and, and, and Trey can work together. and DeAndre, yes, can work together. His primary focus needs to be Trey Young because Trey Young is the most important piece to this team. Uh, Devin Booker said a crazy bucket over Drew Holiday type of game. Um, I think this is a How great move. Was uh, it wasn't crazy, actually. It was just post-move, a little fade <laughs> over his right shoulder. Um, but I like this move for the Hawks. I think this season is is a wash. I don't think Quinn Schneider is going to come in. And even if they make the plan, I mean, they're going to be a first-round exit. They'll play Milwaukee or Boston round one, and it's going to be chopped. doesn't really matter who your coach is. But the Hawks, I think we all agree, are a talented team. They have talented players. Trey Young, uh, DeJounte Murray. We mentioned uh, DeAndre Hunter, former top-five pick. But they almost felt like they had no direction in a sense, and not in like a talentless like. There's they're not like the Wizards where like they're trying to compete, right? But it was just always it felt like no one took accountability. And going back to Drew's point of like not having someone like Trey Young who is the leader of your team because he's the best player on your team, but not having that personality of being a leader. And I think that's where Quinn Snyder could come in and bring some more experience and overall just have someone to kind of put this team back together, right? I mean, two years ago you go to the ECF. Right, and it almost seems like the arrow is pointing up for the Hawks. Then last year you get bounced in the first round. Then this off season you trade, you know, three first round picks, get Dejounte Murray, um, and then in the middle of the season, or I guess to start of the season, things don't don't go well. The fit doesn't seem to be right. You're losing games. Trey Young struggles. Um, Dejounte Murray kind of finds his way as the season goes on, but then you have the Trey Young and Nate McMillan drama that goes on throughout the season. McMillan gets fired and. Through all of these ups and downs, there was really nobody there to kind of take accountability or at least like push this team towards one direction and kind of figure out what their flaws are, figure out what needs to be fixed. And I don't want to make that as a shot to Nate McMillan because Riv went on a nice tangent last episode about how terrible Nate McMillan was. Garbage. Um, but oh, I, I do think Quinn Snyder could come in here and at least bring some sort of leadership type accountability qualities that this team needs. They feel... Uh, immature at, te- at times. Yeah. Maybe that is because it's Trey Young being yeah. their best player and we're expecting him to be the leader when maybe that's just not his personality. That's just yeah. how it is for some guys. But I think Quinn Schneider, it would definitely be the best. I mean, he's the best outside of Ime, who, you know, obviously comes with his own troubles. Um, he's probably the best head coach available out on the market. And the fact that the Hawks, who, listen, give ownership credit, they didn't want to go over the luxury tax to, to pay Kevin Herter. They're going out. Quinn Snyder would be eight, I think Woj reported $8 eight. million dollars a yeah. year. That would be one of the more higher paid coaches. So mm-hmm. shout out to ownership to at least put the best possible head coach in this position. Um, and it gives him a bit of a, a head start, too. He could be with these guys, be with them every day going into the offseason. Yeah. So at least he doesn't go into the offseason kind of blind and trying to figure things out on the fly. Now he gets a month or two if he ends up getting hired, figures it out. Um, and, you know, next year puts his own kind of spin on it in the offseason. So I have a this week in the NBA question. 
right. Somebody it. tweeted this, and I kept forgetting to tell you, like, ask you guys about it. So here we go. Which role player out of this group do you want in your playoff lineup the most? Now, we all have – there's a collection of 30 teams we all cheer for, me having the most teams, so I come up with the bulk of the number. We're going to go Lakers, Celtics, clearly – you can pick whatever. What you want? Nuggets, Grizzlies? Nuggets or Suns? We'll go with the Suns. We'll go with the Suns. Okay. <laughs> of course you would pick them. The cheat codes. And I'll go uh, Golden State. Yeah. Ideally. <laughs> so, Josh Hart, Doreen Finney-Smith, Eric Gordon, Malik Monk, Gary Payton 2. Why did I say 2? It's all right. Jay cool. Crowder, Alex Caruso, Austin Reeves, Bruce Brown. Stop the conversation. It's super There's simple. There's no Celtics. Hmm? There's no Celtics in there. No, the whole point is if oh, you could have one oh, on your my team. Bad, yeah, like my who bad, would my you, bad, my one bad. One guy that would fit perfectly with your um, team. Ooh. I answer, I'll answer first because it's very obvious. Alex Crusoe would come into this team and fit in like a glove. His perimeter defense, we've already seen it with the Lakers, has been phenomenal. His ability to know his role, understand that when LeBron's driving to the basket and he kicks, it's not another pass needed. No, it's a spot up, shoot the ball. does not matter his percentage. He trusted himself. He knew his role on the team. The answer is easy. It's Alex Caruso. Names again? Sorry, I got you. Josh Hart, Dorian Finney-Smith, Eric Gordon, Malik Monk, Gary Payton, second. Jesus Christ. Jay Crowder, Alex Caruso, Austin Reeves, Bruce Brown. Celtics need a big. Like they need someone with more size. And like all these are wings or guards that could defend. Like they Celtics already have wings and guards that could defend, shoot, right, so play. Do you, have, do you have a West team that you just like? Not really. Fuck. Um, I think the best player Caruso. Like okay. I think he's yeah, the so best who, player. Like, who's, okay. All right. You, buddy. Oh, it's not easy. T- Josh Hart? No. What's the... <laughs> Boo! The You're a Josh thing, Hart hater. The Boo! The one thing the Suns missed out on that Kevin Durant true is a wing they can rely on. So for me, the pick would be Dorian Finney-Smith because he's a good enough shooter. But why is Austin Reeves up there? In all due respect, he should not be he's a talented guy. guy. We didn't actually, we didn't actually guy. criticize the role players, bro. You're right. Just, just, You're right. What do I, you know I'm about Austin thinking, Reeves? I know he likes to pass up open threes for closeouts when okay. no one's actually guarding Jesus him. Jesus Christ. But yeah. I, I was throwing DFS. a subliminal DFS? at him, actually. Maybe I would go with Crowder. It gives me some more size. Over DFS? I'm saving the Celtics. I, would, I thought you would take DFS, to be honest. Uh, I play the I four. Don't want DFS. Oh, I, I get it. I, I, I sent you Who are you going with? Me? For me? I think it's Josh Hart. You know, I think with the Warriors, rebounding. Of another physical underrated uh, wing, yeah, underrated playmaker guy that can handle the ball and can shoot, space the floor. I think he brings. I would pick Caruso, but we already are so clog filled, and I feel like Dante Divincenzo brings that Caruso like mentality. Like he can defend, he can playmate, he can space the floor. So we already have that. We're lacking in the wing department. So I think Josh Hart can easily take Anthony Lamb bum ass minutes for sure. Like and once he takes those minutes, Anthony Lamb is. Garbage, but no, he was guarding LeBron, and I screamed in agony because what the fuck? Like, why are you like ah? But yeah, Josh Hart, me go. This is my new uh, this week in the NBA. Now. I'm just gonna bring around. I like that. I like that. Not, not bad. All right, so my this week in the M- NBA, excuse me, is very simple. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, Twitter went crazy because he got dunked on uh, by a simply bigger, bigger person, bigger human. He was bigger than him, and he got back down. And he got he got posterized. The reason why I bring this up is because people are trying to say, "Oh, this is your number one overall pick. This is the guy that's supposed to be generational." Like people don't get put on highlights all the time, regardless of who you are. LeBron's my favorite player. I've seen him dropped multiple times. It happens. <laughs> it happens. So what happened? Oh, Tatum. Yeah. Oh, he dropped LeBron. He didn't drop. Oh, he dunked on him. Oh, facts. Yeah. And he did no, the- no. He didn't just <laughs> yeah. he didn't just dunk on Bron. He he chest bumped LeBron too. LeBron looked at him like. Yeah, Who the fuck hilarious. is this guy? That was <laughs> fucked up, but a great moment. That a great moment, no doubt. 
So, so I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring this up to make sure that we all understand that that means nothing. It should mean nothing. Well, now he's going to be a bust because he can't guard no, Giannis or, no, or Embiid. I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Exactly. So, uh, I'm. It's just ridiculous that people are trying to use this to to tarnish this man's name or try and debunk the fact that he's a generational talent. Let's stop. Let's not do that. Put the jokes aside. Understand that this kid's going to be amazing. My this week in the NBA, Jason Tatum. Never Most clutch know. player in the NBA? You never know. Is um, he more clutch than De'Aaron Fox? Well, I'll yeah. tell you that. Since the NBA started tracking play-by-play data in 1996, there are 155 players who have attempted 25 or more field goals to tie or take the lead in the final 24 seconds of the fourth quarter, playoffs included. Jason Tatum ranks first out of 155 with a 51.7% field goal percentage. I bring this up because last night against the Philadelphia 76ers, terrible shooting night. Coming out of the All-Star game, he struggled against the Pacers. He dropped 30, but eventually was terrible. And then last night only had 18 points, but had the game-winning three. Um, it was actually a play that Missoula stole from Brad Stevens where Jason Tatum's in the backcourt um, or the other side of the half court where they're inbounding. He runs up, smart pass it to him, nice step back, hits the three to win the game, and beat almost has a game-tying full-court shot. Thankfully, it didn't count. But Jason Tatum, who gets a lot of shit for not showing up, not being clutch, the finals, we saw him struggle. It's just fine to see that actually in the biggest moments of the game, he has been the most clutch player in the NBA, at least in that last 24 seconds. Darren Fox, obviously clutch time. It's what, five minutes within six yeah, points, whatever dog, it is yeah. um, for sure. But Jason Tatum, when it comes to making the big shot in the big moment, best in the NBA. Now, Jason Tatum was so bad yesterday that I was begging for Jalen Brown to get the last shot. <laughs> That's how bad Tatum was. But yeah. of course, Tatum, you're right. When you need a big shot, it seems like Tatum's always stepping up in those moments. So credit to him. Do you have it this week in the NBA? I do. So talked about prospects before. Jonathan Givoni of ESPN has Bronny James as a top 10 prospect in the 2024 class. Now, I know you are not very – no one is, so I'm sure you haven't probably looked too deep into their prospects. Bronny James, the comparison for him at the pro level is a mix of D'Anthony Melton and Marcus Smart, a little bit of Drew Holiday, but even then he's developed into a good offensive player, I would say. I think for Brownie James, we're going to see him get taken somewhere close to the lottery of the draft. And now it's early. A lot of people are like, well, he's, he's a kid. He's 18 years old. He's like a year younger than me. So he's at the point. He hasn't classified any college where he wants to go next yet. But the thing with James is, I think he might actually be ready after two years to come to the NBA and be a first-round pick. Because what Gavoni pointed out is a lot of the kids at that age haven't developed over the last two years. But James, every time he sees him, he's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit more stronger. He's a little bit more skilled. He's a decent shooter. And with his release, look, looks clean. Great athlete, or good athlete, and uh, just a like good enough con- connector type of piece. And one of the more disappointing drafts, or maybe one of the worst we've seen in recent memory, maybe you see Brownie go in the lottery. And then you also have the potential of whatever team drafts him, obviously, he's LeBron USC, wants to go to. No. So he could even be bumped up a little bit more. Le- LeBron has know. actually said if he goes to Orlando, he's not going. Orlando? He capped. He, he said specifically Orlando? Because of the bubble. Yeah, he said he'll he retire. He said he'll never, he's never going back to the bubble. So well, I understand Milwaukee that won 14 in a row. God damn it. They won? Yeah. Fuck. They're them. So All right, I need Lake Show tonight. It, trust. I need you to trust. Work. No, it's, that's what's happening. No, I'd like so seriously. We're going to move on to reading some super chats and we're going to read some tweets. All right, buddy. Uh, honestly, I've, I've seen some better tweets. No, you're not going. I have to go to. <laughs> La- no. Last stop. This is the last stop. Yeah, anyway. yeah, we're, we're going to skip. We're going to we'll save the Jalen Ramsey topic for episode. the next show. Yeah. But we're going to start off with some super chats. Shout out to Adrian Shake, donated $4.99. Said, why do. Oh, that's the. the the Bulls topic that we had earlier. I apologize. Santos Lopez donated five dollars. Says that Tatum jersey needs to be on the wall for at least four episodes. <laughs> Tatum is 
him. Talk All safe, caps. Dose. He knows. Big game yesterday, man. Jeez. Orlando Martinez, big O, donated to four ninety nine. Said Kenny shout Pickett. out to Kenny Pickett, of course. Big legend. Deal. He was just in the comments saying, uh, "So and so can't guard Kenny Pickett." We're talking about NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Santos donated again, two dollars. Says still the thirteenth seed, Drew Santos. I thought we had a deal. You weren't going to yeah, shit on the right. Lakers no more. What the, f- the heck, dude? And real quick, did you guess what Kenny Pickett said? So he was at dinner with uh, some folks, and they asked him if he was going to the Super Bowl. So Kenny Pick gets asked at dinner, you're going to the Super Bowl. He goes, fuck that. I'll go to that when I'm playing it. That's respect. That's respect. Ho's mad. I don't know. I think this is just something that that John just starred because he wanted me to read it, I guess. (laughs) I did. Uh, Which is ironic. He says, you guys need to stop Drew from saying his Lakers. He a Braun fan. I know he packing his bag once Braun go back to Cleveland. So long as LeBron is wearing a Lakers uniform, and I'm looking in the camera, Hose Matt, all right? I'm looking at you. So long as LeBron is in a Laker uniform, it is my Lakers, all right? Get that through your head. Simple. Hose Matt says, I'm familiar with your game, Drew. Whatever you say. Ray B donated $9.99, said, respect the Mavs respectfully. I'll try to. I respect Luka. I respect Kyrie. The rest of those guys, they got to they gotta show it to me. Bashir donated one ninety nine. Said the pod has been way less trolly lately. <laughs> trolly, <laughs> understandable. What would Joel have said uh, after that Jason Tatum three? No, what he would have said was the Knicks are going to the ECF. What he would have said is Tatum was shit for most of the game. He would have do- he would have dogged out. Uh, he wouldn't be in that position <laughs> if Jason Tatum would hit the shots. <laughs> uh, Caleb Belts donated one ninety nine. Said how about Clay Thompson? He's talking to you, Riv. How about Clay Thompson? How many? 40 against the Rockets. Yo, tell me how the Kings gave up 120 points to the Rockets two games in a row back to back. I was thinking Clay had like that. 16 against the Lakers. I was thinking about that while we were talking about the Kings. I was like, hmm, maybe this defense really is. Let's look at Clay's last 10. Last 10. So I'm looking at a lot of the tweets <laughs> and a lot of these tweets that Yo, we. I'm sorry, go ahead. Thank you. Um, Clay's last 10. Go ahead. 42, 22, 18, 27, 15, 31, 42. Been balling. What are we talking about? Like five stinkers. Oh, but he also has like fucking five games of thirty plus. And yeah, he's weird. Plus. He has five stinkers, three <laughs> three games of forty, and like two mids. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to explain him. It, just, it is what it is. He's shooting forty one percent from the three point line though. Okay. All right. So I'm going through these tweets, and a lot of these tweets are some of the topics that we had on the show. Um, so one that I feel like we could have a, a decent discussion about a quick one also. Um, at Kyle AW3 Williams says Anthony Simons versus Tyree Maxey. Oh my god. Two similar players having similar career trajectories. Which one would you rather? I feel like Anthony's more consistent, better playmaker, week. no doubt. We do. <laughs> yeah. I would take Simons, especially Simons. the way Maxey's been playing recently. Take Simons. I'm taking Simons myself too. A better playmaker on the ball. I think a shooter with deeper range and a lot more scoring upside because of that. Take the top off of defense ability. At coach underscore is underscore a and underscore a bot. Jesus Christ. Where would an MVP and a ring put Giannis in the all-time rankings? Would another ring and another MVP solidify him top 10 easy? Top 10 easy? Or would he he be top 10? Top 15. I think there's already an argument to be made that you could say he's top 15. Is that crazy? I don't know. I was just going to have to like. Fair, fair. I feel like that's a strong statement to make already. Me even saying it, I was like, hmm. Um, 
Uh, it is tough. I think he's like already like top 17, 18. Okay, that, uh, that's a fair number. So I think I would probably put him like top 12, 13 with Kevin Durant, Steph. Does he pass KD legacy-wise? If he wins another one? Yeah. Probably, probably yeah. Does he pass Steph, in your opinion? No. I'm going to ask John because obviously I know you're the Steph guy. No. I feel like with Giannis, you need more longevity. I agree. Personally, Steph's got have. two MVPs. And the fact that Steph changed Which the game changed. also is something that you need to take into account when solidifying his all-time greatness level. Agreed. Uh, at... Nemo Sports, he has a three instead of an E, says, discuss Walker Kessler averaging 2.1 blocks per game, fourth in the league in just 21.5 minutes per game. I've been pretty adamant about Walker Kessler all year. So uh, He's him? He's a dog. Is he better than Rudy Gobert? I'd respect. rather have Kessler. Would you rather I not have to I would pay rather him. Kessler because that's literally like $4 million Yeah. Out of 40. In a vacuum, Rudy Gobert or Kessler? Respect for Rudy. I'm not answering that until after his rookie year. Because I'll tell you what, defensively. Because <laughs> you want to say Kessler. Yeah, but Defensively, I ain't, you know what I'm Rudy has really fallen I've, off I've, this season. I've advocated for Walker Kessler from his normal, from his normal. So Rudy is actually the, I think fouls, he's the same dude. He's averaging half a more foul and one less block a game, roughly. But opponents are actually shooting about four percent worse at the rim relative to three percent worse. Rudy is taking a step back, but the thing with Kessler is opponents when he's protecting the rim are shooting like six percent worse, which is unreal. He's been amazing. You don't see that from a 21 year old, and he has been so good of a shot blocker. So good of a rim protector and good enough of a play finisher at like the you know the center spot. He's in the rookie of the year race. And how often do you see a center taken with what the twenty second pick in the top four of the rookie of the year? You don't see it You're really right. ever. Rob Williams got minutes for us. No, I think <laughs> I, I even said it. I, I said I, like he has an argument for rookie of the year. Like credit to Paolo. You know he's been great. His efficiency is dog shit. Yeah, but when you talk about like and what's been the the reoccurrence in rookie of the year has been like okay three guys. Has been playing spectacular, but the one thing that pushes him over is the winning. For sure. And I feel like Walker Kessler has that Scotty Barnes like thing where it's like he's playing amazing. He's been the backbone, and they're not winning as much as Toronto was, but he's the sole reason, one of the sole reasons why they're. It's Laurie and, and him. For yeah. Sure. So it's like you put him up there. You like he has an argument over Boncaro. I think Boncaro will probably end up winning it. But Paulo struggled a lot. Yeah. And I love Paulo. He's really. Yes, but like performed. I think teams are starting to figure him out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But Walker Kessler has an extreme, and then. Some, we need to start talking about Jay Ivey because his his improvement IP. from week to week, game to game has been so like, and the people are so dumb that they just look at stats. No, he hasn't improved. No, he hasn't improved. No, I know it's hard to watch Detroit games. I'm not about to sit here and tell you watch <laughs> Detroit games, but just go that. look up Jaden Ivey full games and those, full possessions, and it'll show you he's improved week to week, game by game on his pace to the game, his approach to the game, his playmaking has gotten better. Like, he's just improved as a player. And people say, oh, top five player, he's supposed to be this. It takes time for guys. You know what I'm saying? Especially with Cade went out, the responsibility kind of went more on IDV in the Mm -hmm. backcourt. And Hayes has been stinky lately. It's not a cast iron point guard. Yeah, so it's like... enough, I feel like Cade going down was beneficial for Ivy because the ball is now in his hands a lot more. Yeah, now he's learning how to be a point guard. No doubt. Um, Real quick, sorry. Go ahead, bro. No worries. All good. What is your J and Ivy pro comp? Wasn't oh, everyone's oh pro comp John Morant? Only because of the athleticism. Yeah. yeah. I think it, the, the name, damn, if Drew didn't talk, I had the name in my head. I apologize, it's, bro. It's okay. You good. You good. It's in my head. I think, nah, I don't got that shit. Who you got? At first, it was all a depot, but Ivy has been one of the worst defenders, as you would expect for a rookie. Yeah. And he has a long way to go in terms of learning how to rotate, when to rotate, mm-hmm. uh, and just gain around screens. But yeah, offensively. Yeah, was good uh, as a rookie defender coming out. Yeah, he ain't. My pro comparison, it sounds super lazy, but like 
As a scorer, John Morant with a developing mid-range game. As a playmaker, to be dated. Understandable. I'm trying to think. I, could, is it? Is he? Nah. Nah. Nah, nah, nah. Never. While you think, Riv, I'm going to ask the next question, all right? I don't have a thought. It's over. All right, cool. <laughs> At Scoob Beam asks, and this is for you, Joel, is Jason Tatum getting carried by his cast? Oh, shit. Specifically, <laughs> I'm going to skip the word he used here, specifically star Jalen Brown. Getting carried? No. I mean, listen, Tatum's been the best player on the team. He's having career highs and points and rebounds. I'm not sure. Efficiency, I don't think so. But um, he's not being carried. He has off nights. Everyone has off nights. But the reason that the Celtics win is because they have a great team around him. He Agreed. has a co-star, and he has great depth, great coach. Joe Mazzulla, I know just uh, we didn't talk about it, but before the All-Star break, got named official head coach of the Boston Celtics, the interim title, well, well-deserved. Um, has been stripped. He's officially the head coach. Missoula ball offensively, it's it's a sight to see. Um, the Celtics play great team basketball. You, that, that's why Tatum can have an off night, and Al Horford could hit four or five threes like he did last night, and Jalen Brown could drop 30 points like he did against the Pacers to carry us to victory. So Tatum has off nights, but like the Celtics are also probably the most complete team in basketball, so he could be carried in those games. Last question. Shea versus Ja. What do you have? Shea's better. At what, in your opinion? Defensively, yes. The answer is... Oh, you're asking me. I'm asking the table. Shea is three inches taller, six foot six, with an insane post game, much better defender, really good defender, but an elite mid-range scorer. Three-point range, Shea has better touch, but the difference is negligible. Shea is basically... The the point guard you would build in the lab, I mean, Luka is unfair. You can't build him. If you can build a point guard, it would be Shea. He is the most unstoppable guard scorer in the mid-range. And that's like, he's, you can't predict his next move. And that's what makes him such an unpredictable player. He's reactive and I mean, he's got the touch, man. Shea is definitely. A if he develops player. a three point shot, could he be a top three point guard in the league? He might already be a top three point guard. Um, Dame or Curry, Shea? Dame. I would say Dame right now. I would go Kyrie Dame. or Curry. You know, Curry too. this question's funny to me. It is funny. Ja, I know, agree. And, uh, <laughs> it is funny. That's why I asked it. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I've been, you know, I've been praying for times like this. SGA getting the credit he so wholeheartedly deserves, man. He's been so beautiful. You've been waiting watch. on it. I've been waiting. You have. been praying. You know, um, in terms of SGA versus John Morant, I think they have similar games in terms of, like, they like the rim. They love to attack the rim, attack the rim. Ja is more fast-paced, twitchy, twitchy. Ja is more technical, crafty. Mm-hmm. Um, John made a lot of good points. I think Ja is more dominant in terms of, like, he's just, you can put a defense out there. It doesn't really matter, though. In terms of SGA, he's more technical and crafty, and his approach to the basket is a lot more pick and roll, is a lot more kind of twitchy, a little bit more moves. Jaws just direct. I'm going to the rim. You can't stop me. You can't jump with me. The playmaking, I think, is similar. I think Jaws a little bit of a better playmaker, but it's not like it's not an insane gap. Yeah. Like you said, the shooting is an insane gap. So it's really with SGA though. The problem is he doesn't have no playoff resume. As, like, this new player. You know, like, he's been great for the past two or three years, but as this new player, he doesn't have a resume. So it's hard to compare him to guys like Ja, like Dame, like Trey, who have, like, this type of resume. But if you just talk about in a vacuum, player for player, SG is a better player than John Morant. But when you add in the intangibles, when you add in the playoff resume, you've seen what John Morant has done. It's hard to put SGA over Ja. But in terms of just who's a better player, Pound for pound, you throw him in a vacuum, who's better? SGA is a better he's probably he's probably a better player than a lot of point guards, but he he doesn't have He's more a, talented. 
Yeah. Okay. He doesn't have what a lot of those guys have, and that's that playoff. Like, I think he's better than Trey. I think he, he's arguably better than uh, Dame Lillard. But, like, in terms of just player for player. But the thing is, they've been doing it for so long, or yeah. they've been doing it, they have the playoff resume. Dame disrespect. I don't think you can put him over Dame. You can't put him over Dame. I think you can because SGA can give you the offense, and then he's a way better defender than Dame. He much, is, but much the, better defender. But Dame's a... Not necessarily, not off, but it's, it's not far because he's not good at three-point shooter, but he's much more efficient inside. Offensively, I feel like huge? as a whole, I'm going that with three-point shooting huge? I mean, if they, both average 30, shooters ever. if they both have 30, is, is it really huge? But Dame's getting the 30 easier. How? Because he can score and not have to drive to the basket as constantly I mean, but as, 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 as SGA does. Is, is, if SGA is more efficient than big men... Is that, is that she, okay. He works is, harder for his sturdy than Dame does. Dame is, is what thir- I'm saying. Dame is 33. So? I do think so. Dame is 33, still a top three point guard. Can SGA be 33 and rely on his athleticism? I think that's the biggest issue. But so that's the thing. He doesn't really he rely not, on his athleticism. Not, but not. at least his shooting to you know extend his career. Hmm. I don't know. I'm probably longevity. You probably would lean like, Dame. Rick, what I'm saying is facts. right now. No, I'm not saying yeah, you're wrong. Okay. I think like Dame and SGA is a conversation. I don't think neither one of them have the. Overwhelming. I think you can make an argument for both of them. And then playmaking, Dame has yeah, been yeah. one of I the better playmakers. Yeah, I just think what, what keeps league. SGA in the conversation, he's 6'6". Six, defense. Six. defense right. He's a better defender than probably all the guards. I agree. You know, in his, his game, he may not have the three ball as much as them, but he's just as dominant of a scorer as probably most guards. So, you know, it's just... Dame is Dame, you know. He just needs a three-point shot. Yeah. Develop it. Get into that 36, He just 30, needs to be 37. I don't know if Shane needs a three-point shot. I think he needs some shooters no. around if him. If he gets a three-point shot, you know, then he becomes unstoppable. No but what I'm like, in the in-between area, he don't need th- no three-point shot. He, he, he has no spacing around him right yeah. now. You're right, he doesn't. So, uh, he doesn't. It's tough. It's, is that Joe? Huh? Is that Joe? Outside of him. Dog, though. He's a dog. Dog, dog. And that's going to do it for our episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. Oh, we could read them, sure. I didn't see them. I apologize. Very good. Uh, shout out to future underscore NFL underscore MVP 021 donated a dollar ninety nine said Darius Garland is that guy. I think that's why John wanted us to read that, of course, because he <laughs> wants a little Darius Garland love. But shout out to you, future, of course. Raging J donated a dollar ninety nine said Josh Hart, the needle mover. Josh Hart's involved. Pay attention, John. Pay attention. Sixty two percent from three. Yes. Come back in April. Come back in April. Caleb Belts donated a dollar ninety nine said What year was your guy's favorite dunk contest? Aaron Gordon. It's just yeah. the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. I I hate to sound like a a basic. You know who's my favorite dunker in the dunk contest? Actually, Jason Richardson. Okay, I respect nice. that. Or Desmond that. Mason. Okay, Desmond Mason. Yeah, there we go. Those are my favorites. I'm just gonna be real. I've never seen someone put on a show the way that Aaron Gordon did. And Levine. Levine put on a show for sure, but I think Aaron Gordon having the greatest dunk I've ever seen in a dunk contest, and then to also have an unbelievable performance in that 2020 Slam Dunk competition as well. That dude is one of the best slam dunk competition competitors in the history of the NBA, honestly, in my opinion. So he dapped up the Magic mascot, and the Magic mascot I was did like, see that. That was, that was cool. That was cool. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast, episode 258. Forgot to mention that in the beginning of the episode. Uh, if you guys could please like the stream, subscribe to the channel, we would very much appreciate it. And we will see you next time. This is Andrew Rotondi from the Bronx Pinstripe Show. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my podcast, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder, 
WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's an amazing platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. So in other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the BlueWire investment round or just want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. Again, wefunder.com slash bluewire.